0: Hey everybody, this is Drew. And this is Balake. And you're listening to the Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Controllers Podcast.
1: Everybody, welcome to episode seventeen of our Hot Smoking podcast. Here today is a first. We're doing two main party, first party Nintendo games. Right? Yeah. Um. One is on from the Wii U, and the other one more the is going to be on the Switch. Yeah.
0: Yeah. People still play their Wii
1: Us occasionally, believe it or not. hmm And to set them up, our first game that Drew will be talking about is we're going to set sail on the open seas in search for adventure, and the second game, we have found adventure and we're going on it, where the real test is to catch them, but to train them is our true cause. Are proud of yourself? I am. Do you want to take it away with the first game, Drew, that I did not play?
0: Yeah. The first game is going to be The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker HD. Now why did I play this game? Is that a long enough title? No. <laughs> <It's> probably... <laughs> Why did I play this game? Because I actually listened to one or two other gaming podcasts, and one of the longer-running podcasts that I enjoy quite a bit is the Kane and Rents podcast. So I recommend anybody who likes gaming podcasts uh, to go check that one out. But they have been where I where I'm at in their podcast is I've been listening to their ongoing uh, series of episodes dedicated to the entire Legend of Zelda series. Uh, wanted to play a couple of the games that I've really only originally played all the way through. I've only ever beat Ocarina of Time and and Wind Waker mm-hmm. the only games I've ever beat before. Didn't you do Majora's Mask with
1: a couple of friends when you were younger? Like you yeah, and- but I didn't.
0: I, I wasn't fully. Oh, no. It wasn't all me. I've actually sat down all the way through Ocarina and all the way through Wind Waker. Now twice, I guess. Twilight Princess? Nope. Wasn't me.
1: Oh, that was John. Oh. yeah. Anyway,
0: so they, uh, as they played, as I listened to the podca- their podcast, they had played, uh, started from the very first Zelda coming all the way through to, well, they hadn't, I don't even think they're, where they had caught up, I don't even think, uh, Breath of the Wild was out yet. Uh, the first one I actually attempted to play, because it's on the, the Switch virtual console thing, is the very, very famous Link to the Past. I tried real, real hard to like it, uh, I'm just... Not a fan of 2D Zelda games. I think that it's it's a generational difference. I'm not sure. I feel like you either play 2D Zeldas or you play 3D Zeldas, and there's not much crossover there. So when I when I was younger, when Ocarina came out, I hadn't even had we didn't have a Super Nintendo growing up. We had a Nintendo, and then from a Nintendo, it's like straight to a PlayStation, I think. 64 or a PlayStation. Yeah, up. we had we had both. Year. Yeah. Um. So never had a Super Nintendo, so I didn't really grow up with the link to the, the past and stuff like that. Are you gonna try the Link's Awakening, that 3D remake? No, no, or, no, no. Not, not after. I was gonna well get there, not after, not after this. So, but I originally I had played Wind Waker. Well, no, uh, Ocarina. Ocarina, Jesus. <clears throat> Ocarina of Time back in the day, and that was kind of where I had actually got my start in Zelda. And I've dabbled in the 3D Zeldas since then. But you hear all the time, you hear about Zelda. Every time it says there's, again, there's two groups. What's the best Zelda game ever? People are either gonna say Ocarina. Or a Link to the Past. Those are always the two that come up. Me, it's always an ocarina. But anyway, I thought. Now listen to the podcast. Listen, listen to the podcast go on and on about, about the other games, and then go on and on about how great. Again, I've been hearing it my whole life. How great a Link to the Past is. And I said it's on the Switch Virtual Console thing. So I already had the game. So I thought I'd give a give it a whack. So I gave it a a real fair shot. I mean, I clearly got further than I've ever gotten in that game before. I got I got all the way to the Dark World. If people who've played the game before know how far the Dark World is. The difficulty of the game ramps up pretty hard right there. And I played a couple of nights of the game, like throughout a week or so, and I was playing it, and I got to the point where uh, I wasn't having fun, That where the game felt like a chore. I felt like I was playing the game just to say that, oh, I, f- I finally played A Link to the Past, you know, just to like a uh, check that box or something like that. And I just got to and that was right – you know, I was playing through, and then got to the Dark World, and the difficulty ramped up, and I was running around the map. I was uh, playing uh, – Almost entirely guideless. I played guideless with no to a point where I got stumped completely by this other some, some puzzle. Anyway, so I was. But then I was still guideless when I got to the dark world and couldn't figure out where to go. I Was running around that map, the, the overworld and the dark world, getting my butt kicked, and I just got wore out. And then I turned it off. And then a couple of nights, days passed, and there was never that. Uh, me and Blake talked about the. That's how we determine whether it's time to send the game fly game back or something like that. If you go a couple of nights and sitting on a game and there's no urge no drive no anything to turn that game back on you're going to drop that game and move on and that's what i was feeling towards a link to the past
1: yeah because i play games to be entertained i don't doomed for chore i'm not yeah i want to well, have, have fun <laughs> we have a couple of friends that
0: make make fun of us because we have played really dumb games and really bad games for achievements before just to get 1k but a whole bunch of 1k gamer scores and stuff like that we probably have not probably. We do have the two highest gamer scores in our in our friend groups by a quite a large margin. Yeah. Uh, mine's even a little higher than Blake's because he, he actually double played some games that were even too dumb for me. Sometimes he played them on my console. I don't I don't know why. And then I also play a lot of a lot more shooters and stuff like that. Like I think I said an earlier podcast. Blake don't play too many shooters, uh, so every game if it gives us a shooter that gives me a few more games. Uh, over him, so my score's a little higher than his on there, but anyway, getting way off track here. Of Zelda. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I beat, I, I get. I dropped a link to the past. I don't have any drive, any urge, any reason to go back to it. I just, I don't, I just don't want to. I don't have nothing, no real feelings towards it. No, nothing drew me in. I wasn't like, all the things they said in their podcast, which you can go back and listen to the, their podcast. You can find Canyon Rants anywhere you can find our podcast. It's been going for a long long time there's a much older podcast than ours everything they were saying about the like I I dug the music and stuff like that but it's Zelda music it's about it can do almost no wrong but I I didn't care about the art I didn't care about the combat I didn't care about the story the world wasn't drawing me in none of that stuff that they were raving about had any effect on me whatsoever so I think I thought it was time to just let it go say I gave it my best shot and just move on and play other games But I did continue to listen to their podcast the rest of the series, because I like to hear what people say about games sometimes. Even stuff about games I'm not going to play. Like, they've covered all the Zelda games now I've listened to. Actually, I think I'm about to... Ironically, I think my next episode is A Link Between Worlds, which is a link to the past sequel on the DS, which I'll never play, of course. But I did listen to all the episodes. I did get up to Ocarina and stuff like that. I I don't have any readily available access to Ocarina and stuff like that, but they did eventually get... Through the order of the games, they got to Wind Waker, and Wind Waker being one of the only games I'd ever beaten in Zelda, because I'll try to play some more probably, but I thought it was maybe time to go back to it again, and conveniently enough, one of when we bought a Wii U forever ago, yeah. who knows when. Yeah, one of the promotions with the Wii U was a free digital copy of Wind Waker HD which we've had sitting on that console since we bought that Wii U <laughs> who knows how many years ago we bought a Wii U back when they first came out and uh, had a pr- that promotion that game's been sitting there forever nobody's touched it I was like well heck I already got the game and HD and stuff like that and they talked about in the podcast they talked about both versions the original and everything all the additional changes they've added to the uh, Switch version not Switch, Switch version the game Wii U version so you have the the extra screen and stuff like that but anyway I want to go into that now I just want to say where I got it from and why out of the blue you would I'd be randomly playing Wind Waker I know we say we play all kinds of games new and old and stuff like that I don't always have a story of why I do things cuz I did open this whole podcast with getting with Wild Arms one on the PlayStation with no real story for that besides I just wanted to play Wild Arms Again, again, yeah. So anyway, that's how I get all the way to Wind Waker HD, and yeah. I uh, start playing that. One thing when I turn the game on right away, uh, I notice right away you're, you you end up on the the starter island of the game because the whole game you know, you know Wind Waker by now. It's the whole world's covered in water and stuff like that. You start on a little island running around. What I notice right away is I I don't know about other games, and I don't even really honestly know what's what a. Breath of the Wild looks like in motion. Like I have actually have a digital copy of Breath of the Wild too. Haven't got to play it yet. But the first thing I know about Wind Waker is how actually gorgeous the game is in, in HD and stuff like that. The game is aged really well, and I think that lends a lot to the, the graphic style and stuff like that. Like I have maybe a year or more. I'll I ha- I'll probably I might play uh, Twilight Princess HD. I actually have that disc. We bought it a long time ago to get to get the Wolf Link amiibo back when we heard about mm-hmm. amiibos. Yeah. That dead the little thing now. I got so Twilight Princess HD would be my next uh, game, which I've heard the podcast their podcast for. So all anyway, all that stuff. I I I wonder if Twilight Princess HD has graphically aged as well as Wind Waker because of the two distinct art styles.
1: Uh, That's exactly what I was going to ask. Is it in uh, Twilight Princess more like realistic? They went for like like it's still. Like a Nintendo game, but they went
0: for way for the more realistic aesthetic for Ooh, everything.
1: They all kind of do, don't they? Everything
0: everything, but everything but Wind Waker. Well, in some of the ones on the... Well, no, like the DS and stuff, those look more towards like the old. Well, no, because on Kingdom rinse's podcast, both Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks both use the... Um, the Wind Waker. They're actually direct sequels to Wind Waker. Like one of them, Phantom Hourglass is like a month after Wind Waker, and then Spirit Tracks is like right after that. It's so strange how they decided to do it. I'm not going to play those games because they're, they're 2D Zelda games. Adam, I'm not doing that, mess. And both of them use touch controls where you put your stylus on the bottom screen and use it to control link. And I was like, you couldn't pay me to do that. That's terrible. Why not use it? It's horrendous. It's yeah. a
1: directional pad
0: or the same thing right? they said in that podcast. Go listen to those podcasts, people. That's a good, It's a good podcast. But I'm going to sidetrack get away from Wind Waker because I just want to talk about it for a minute. Like I said, graphics. Pretty dang amazing. Like the game's gorgeous. It controls really well. It's slightly awkward because by default, well, not by default. It actually gives you a choice right out the door: use the gamepad or use the pro uh, pro controller. Which I have a Wii U Pro controller. I just by default, I feel I'll try the gamepad. You know, they remade everything and they all the tweaks and all the fun stuff they did to the remake with that were the remaster, we we'll won't call it, HD was to put a bunch of stuff on the gamepad while you're playing. And I found all that stuff. To be amazingly convenient because i did play to a point one night (laughs) where my gamepad battery died and i switched to the pro controller for like and i was i I intended to play longer that night but the pro dealing with the lack of information that i had like all my information my map and stuff like that was gone and uh, i had to like open menus to look at maps and i was like i don't even want to play this anymore i'm just going to go somewhere where i can be safe and save and play this crap tomorrow
1: So you're saying that the gamepad spoiled you, and you're like, hang on, I don't want to work for all that information. Yeah,
0: well, the crazy thing is, um, well, you know what you do, you, you sail a lot in the game. The whole game is sailing back and forth. I don't have to go into a lot of detail about Wind Waker. If you haven't heard of Wind Waker by now, you probably shouldn't be playing video games. So I'm going to just hit a few points and stuff like that, how, how I thought about the game now, but uh, and what I, how I enjoyed the uh, look at that I actually enjoyed the gamepad. When you're sailing most of the time, not, when you're sailing, you have the option to have the start your uh, star chart, sea chart, on the bottom screen, mm-hmm. and you can actually see where you're going and why. in sailing, as long as you got the wind blowing in the right direction, sailing's fairly automatic. You can avoid enemies and stuff like that. But the sea charts down there, you can see, you can poke on the, you can touch the little islands and see if you've been there before and stuff like that. Information on the islands if you you feed these creepy little fish bait and they tell you about the island nearby, like a secret of the island or tell you about the island. Mm-hmm. Creepy little fish because I had to do it one night when Jessica was watching and she's like, what the heck is that thing? It's just a weird dark, they have, like f- Just and- a weird face and they pop out of the yeah. water and they're like hey man, and they just want to <laughs> tell you about an island so you fill out your, can want to say star chart. I've never played a game with a star chart. Why do people say a star chart? Because that's what you would technically
1: use at sea at night time.
0: Anyway, it's a sea chart. And they actually hop out of the uh, to talk to you, and they're like, Hold your sea chart out, and they hop out of the water with a with like an ink brush in their mouths, <laughs> okay, and paint. And you know, they paint whatever whatever you need to know about like the, a like the, they put well, they paint the the, the the shape of the island on your map and stuff like that. Uh, so all that stuff is on that screen. So, and I'm always you kind of put yourself in the right direction towards the island you're going to and stuff like that. And that's live, it's like a lot when you're traveling on, on the TV, the bottom screen is live of your map and stuff like that. And that night, the pad died. That's why I say the night, because it was one night I attempted the Wii, uh, the Wii U Pro controller. I had no access to the, the map. I had to pull up. I'd pull up a menu. I had to keep hitting the button and pulling the menu up, and then cycle over to the map. Because when you open the menu, it's your weapons and your equipment, yeah. and then cycle over to the map. And I was like, Oh God, no! This is this is horrible.
1: There wasn't like a, a hold start or a hold. Uh, I didn't get that far to see if it. You just I, didn't. I just
0: no. so I, I don't, know, I don't know if I even sailed. <laughs> I opened like I was on an island with the pad. Down. I was like, I put the pad on the charger. Blah blah blah. I get the controller, open the map, and I had to switch. And I was like, uh, I did sail a little bit because I remember sailing and trying to open the map and trying to because cause you could constantly adjust your, your direction. Yeah. While live in the game, while you while you watch a little dude on the map at the bottom, and I like, it, got, it was like five minutes, and I was like, I can I cannot, I cannot play the game like this. It's just <laughs> not going to happen. Spoiled by modern conveniences. But, uh, modern the wii u <laughs> what sucks about that kind of stuff is because they have the i don't know a whole lot about the switch because we're not huge huge nintendo fans i'm so sick of switch fanboys raving about thing about getting 10 year old games on the switch and it being the best version ever wears me out online but uh the way the wii u pad works with the wii u the tv and the pad can be separate i don't I don't know that if the Switch has that capability. I don't know if you can play a Switch game and have the TV and the Switch pad at the same time, because I don't think it works that way. So I'm not sure. Because when you pull the pad, when you pull the Switch off the dock, it automatically just switches to to, yeah. to mobile yeah. mode, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So I don't yeah. even know if you. I don't know if we'd ever get a Wind Waker port. Well, if we got a Wind Waker port up to the Switch, it would be the the dinky version where you get to open the maps and stuff like that. And, yeah. I, and I don't think I'd even play it again. So, we probably won't see a port of that ever. Anyway, I don't know where I'm going with all this. Who was the main bad guy? Oh, well, <laughs> you know who the bad guy is. <laughs> you ask that, knowing it's always Ganondorf. It's Ganondorf from the beginning. It's always going to be Ganondorf. Um, you don't actually see him all that much, actually. You see him a little bit in the beginning, and he, like, punches you in the face and sends you just like you... I don't know what Link thinks he's going to do against Ganon when he first meets. Him. He is brave, I guess, but... Yeah, courageous Courageous He actually That's not a spoiler I going to jump around anyway You do travel the world To go all the Whatever Make the Master Sword better And do all this fun stuff And you get to Ganon again And he just punches you In the face again Nothing you did Throughout the game Really mattered Like The, the ending The ending part of the game Is you and Zelda Working together But like though You do everything You get back to Ganon He's just like Pop <laughs> And this ends it All over again You're like Oh man What was all this work for no, Nothing Nothing I did enjoy the game quite a bit. I didn't. People, even in the other podcast, people would rate. about hating the sailing and stuff like that. I didn't hate the sailing, sailing, sailing. Sailing. It's kind of relaxing. Everything looks really cool, and it's kind of it's kind of fun to uh, sail up on an island you've never been to and watch it kind of grow in the distance and stuff like that. You come up on it and see if like you try to look at it. You can circle around the islands, and you're thinking of, can I do anything here? Do I have the equipment for this? And go you know, hopping off your boat and exploring the islands and stuff like that. I enjoyed all of that uh, actually knowingly enough i had did most of the most of the exploring of the whole sea chart the whole ocean till what i still had to do the i had to use the wind waker the wind waker works kind of like an kind of like the ocarina did in ocarina of time you up down left right whatever and you play songs there's a wind song which you change the direction of the wind to blow in the direction you want it to so you can sail faster so after i done did the whole the whole map Come to find out, there's a power, like a super power cell that's unique to the Wii U version that you can just win in the auction house. And you activate that thing. Remember, I done did the whole map. I'd done been Everywhere previously. But then I got this cell, which you just activate it with a button. And it not only are you just faster in general, it just always, it, what it says, it always gives you the favor of the wins. So you no longer need to use the wind waker for calling the wind or nothing, and it's quite a, probably almost twice as fast as a as a good breeze anyway. So the amount of time I probably wasted uh, originally before, because I just wanted to explore a lot. You know, the game doesn't let you explore right away. When it gave me any kind of freedom and stuff like that, I wanted to go around to all the islands and get us, you know, get the old classic heart pieces and stuff like that to get the health bar up. Once you got that super
1: sail. Isn't there a fast travel option that appears shortly after or something like that? Yeah, but
0: the the fast travel is uh, a little limited. It's like six or seven little spots. I forget how many spots. I didn't count how many spots. The map is whatever, 20 by 20 squared or 10 by 10. It's probably 15 by, I don't know, whatever by squares. However many squares that is, you do the math, and uh, I think it's 20 by 20. There's six, seven spots. It kind of just warps you to a couple of key points. The warp spot hits... The islands that have towns on them and stuff like that. and But you just kind of warp to a nearby place and then you just hit that power cell. For me, I was wind waking the wind in the right direction through the majority of the game. Like I didn't do the auction house till way late in the game. Which got I me mean like a heart piece and some other nonsense and this power cell. And I was like, come on. <laughs> I like I told you about the night I did it when I went on that freaking power cell.
1: You were upset that I you that
0: what else exploring the the combat uh, typical Zelda 3D combat you lock on sword slashes and stuff like that nothing too new or fancy I think the modern Zelda they might have changed the combat a bit but uh, I enjoyed the combat for the most part the best part I think of the combat being the Music flourishes when you strike enemies. Every time you hit an enemy, uh, some music like a, it's like a, just like a flourish of music that plays, and it gets more dramatic when they get as the as you that more hits you get in a row. It's kind of, kind of cool. It's just fun to hear, and it just uh, brings more
1: excitement to the combat. Is it like a crescendo, like a, like a crescendo on a piano, or like when you hit them, like music notes come out? Well, how does no, it's just music. There's not notes flying in the air, but okay. it's but uh, it's like a
0: like I said, it's like a flourish of music that gets more and okay. more dramatic as their combos It's like da, da, da. And then, you know, you kill the enemy, and it kind of like, wah, wraps wah. it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> you kill the enemy. <laughs> so that, that was pretty fun. Um, you have all the typical, uh, I don't have to tell anybody, you have all the, there's not really any special unique uh, tools to this game. You get your hook shot, your boomerang, your bow. I'm trying to think of anything unique to Wind Waker. The Wind Waker itself, I think, is dramatically underplayed. The Ocarina, in our period of time, seems terribly important. Uh, throughout that game, the Wind Waker is just like a thing. Your boat talks, by the way. Your boat, you're doing so, you're running around, and all of a sudden your boat's like, oh man, here's the Wind Waker. Just take this and learn some tunes, bro. And you're just like, you're just like carrying this around. Like, <laughs> and why didn't you give it to me right away? He, oh, he, waits, he waits a couple of, like a little few islands into it. And he coughs it up. He's a boat. I don't know where he was keeping it. And there's no, uh, I don't know there being any real plot or anything. You know, it's the namesake of the game, and it's really. I mean, you do it to, like, blow the wind in certain directions. Um, I'm trying to think of the others. There's, like, six or eight songs. Is it not needed to, like, battle Ganon at some point? No, guys? nothing to and do it's with Ganon. Really? Yeah. So there's, uh, okay, there's uh, controlling the wind. One I got way too late, which would be great, is turning night to day, which is pretty typical of of, of any, I think, I think a lot of the yeah. games that you control night and day. Song so um, of
1: Time and stuff like that would night yeah. Night
0: and day... Night and day. There was a uh, one. There's a there's a couple of places where you end up, where you have a, a somebody with you, an NPC with you in certain dungeons, mm-hmm. and there was the song of control, which allowed you to take control over them and run around as them for a minute. Was that very cool? limited? You just you just the camera just changes and you just you run around as that little person. And a lot of it's just hopping them hopping on switches or flying somewhere you can't fly.
1: Oh, they wouldn't need like cool special. Because that, that could have been a cool thing to have like a little combat moment with these some of these people. Another could fight. They literally, if anybody enemy, um. enemy hit them, the camera just went back to Link. Oh, that's...
0: <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a let now. I'm forgetting one, and then there's two story songs for the sages. There's two There's two sages. you got to awaken them with these special songs. And they're actually people who come into the dungeons with you that you get to control and stuff like okay. that. There's a little Deku, <laughs> Deku dude and a weird bird-faced girl. G- Garuda or something. I don't know what they are, but I don't remember. But so there's, there's those two songs. I'm forgetting one of the songs. A lot less songs than they were in Ocarina. Yeah, Ocarina was a song for everything. There's no there's opponent no, um, there's no, there's no in this game, so there's no opponent song. There's no uh, you don't you know you don't play a Zelda song or anything like that. There's no Zelda theme. If if an island's close enough, could you swim? Or... Oh the oh the warping song. That's the other song. Oh. Yeah, I oh, was swimming. Slink can not swim for very long. Like he can swim a little bit, and he starts sinking. It's I, I thought it was like a breath thing. I kind of picked up, and it starts draining immediately as soon as Link gets in the water. And like, you just kind of watch the little little head bob underwater until he's just gone, and you go, and you appear on the closest closest island.
1: I just didn't know if that, something was close enough. You could just kind of like yeah. hop over there, and then like play a song that made your boat teleport to you, or teleported you to your no, boat. No, or no, that. there's no. You could even um. You could even teleport without your boat. You had to be in your boat
0: to... Because yep. the, the whirlwind picks you in the boat up and, like, chucks you. Oh, okay. So that's the other song. is the Song of Tempest. or I don't know. It had some name and it. It's the warping song. That's really all the songs they had, which
1: is slightly disappointing. Yes, it was. The Song of Tempest. Because maybe you had to use, like, that your bow to fight something called Tempest. Well, there's there was two... There was, weird, there was two gods of the wind.
0: The first god of the wind gives you the the wind-waking song, the Song of Wind. I guess it's... I don't know if the songs are called... It's the one that lets you it's used for two things which is two which two things which is weird. One's that control the wind and blow in different directions. And every time then there's important places where the hero's supposed to be and stuff like that, where you stand on the triforce. Normally I feel like it would be something involving playing Zelda Steam or something like that. Yeah. You end up playing the wind the wind rec, winds requiem or something like that. Yeah. And it does that stuff, and then the other one, he, they talk. You meet the little wind guy. God, he's like, I got an angry brother too. He's running around these tornadoes, and the, there's a big tornado in the, in the ocean somewhere. There's a bunch of little ones too. There's a big one, and uh, it said something. Some, some local, one of the one of those talk creepy fish guys told me to get get the dude's attention, and by using something long range. I thought I thought all I needed was the cannon. When you get when you get bombs, you automatically get. Uh, the cannon on the ship. It's hard to aim. It's arcs. I, kind of oh, hate, I hate the aiming. But uh, you shoot to the tornado and he appears. And then I thought I could just cannon him again. It doesn't work that way. you got to wait later in the game to you get the bow. And you got lava. a cannon in, which gives attention. And then you just shoot him like three times with a bow. And he's like, he talks to you, whatever he says. And he gives you the little teleport. Tempest song. Tempest of the teleportation jam. Yeah. And I, I used it quite a bit. Because by the time I got that, you know, I, I done, done ran across the whole map. Back and forth a couple of times getting all the mat filled up.
1: Um, were there any, like, sailing across the open seas, were there any, like, shark attacks or crazy Kraken octopus things in Ooh. the ocean? It was I'm... the,
0: there was, uh, was sharks, but they nothing's very threatening in the ocean, I feel. I did get killed by, uh, there's these things that would jump out of the water and, like, spin towards you. I run into a huge group of those really early in the game when I had, like, four hearts, mm. and those decimated me. And there's those little jumpy things that spin. I don't know what they're called uh, the little octopus guys. The octopus guys that's been and since the first Zelda game, they mm-hmm. pop out of the water and they, boop, and they just do a little thing at you. But there's little ones and there's big ones. Never fought them. There's no point in fighting anything in the water. And then there's sharks. There's and then close closer to some islands. There's these little birds. These kind of vulture kind of things that like to fly around. But most I used to avoid everything. The sharks, little they swim past you, and and they and every now and then they'll change direction and kind of swim at you, and you just kind of like scoot to the right or left a little bit and then they just leave and you are like well that was
1: exciting Cause I was wondering because I know this is going to sound way out of left field but I'm just thinking about it I know that Lovecraft is pretty big in Japan and I figure like a giant open ocean game that there'd be some sort of like cool just like an altar or some sort of like I wouldn't any, it would not
0: anything like that. I think it may be because Lovecraftian Lovecraft stuff is very dark, and the Wind Waker is very bright. That is very true. Uh, I don't know how you'd squeeze a Lovecraft reference. And now, now, granted, I don't think I don't think I touched every single thing. I, mean, I went to every island in the game. Yeah. I didn't solve every puzzle and get every heart piece, but I feel like I would have stumbled upon some sort of Lovecraft reference if it was in there. I talked to a lot of people and did a majority of the things. So I thought that would like
1: be... You, that'd be the perfect place to do it yeah. and like a, a thing where you're on the open sea you're on the ocean yeah but you know whatever there's not, there's not even, not,
0: not even any, any Lovecraft Lovecraft type bosses You fight a, a plant a sand snake a lava centipede just, a so that stuff sounds pretty terrifying yeah <laughs> so. all the bosses are actually uh, pretty cool I don't know if any of the bosses I got do you have a favorite one with um, the one that was just fun to fight fun to fight.
1: Because I know in like Ocarina of Time it's the the fire temple where you get the megaton hammer. It's like whack a I remember people. Yeah, the
0: whack a thing. Yeah, enjoy that one. Um, none of them were, I guess I didn't mind the, uh, I don't know if it was fun per se, but the, the centipede, the sand centipede, the sand snake flying thing. Wasn't that Because there's a fire centipede guy who hangs out in lava. He's weird because that fight, you're um trying to help this dra- this dragon sad at the top of this mountain uh-huh. because the centipede's been messing with him, I guess, and you go to the boss room. Yeah. This is the place where you get, this place you get the, uh, it's relevant to the boss, you get the grappling hook, which is immediately replaced later by the hook shot. I guess the grappling hook might be unique to Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. It's just like a rope and you swing it and grab on the things and swing but the, you get to the boss, he pops out of the lava, like that, and you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm mean. And you, in the, when you look around, the dragon's, I guess, he's butt's in the top of the volcano area, but his tail's sticking down. Mm-hmm. And I guess the centipede's been, I don't know, what it, it don't show you. The centipede's biting, like, it or biting his tail, I guess. I don't know what's been going on. But you just uh, grapple-hook the tail, and you swing... And you swing past the centipede, and to be meant to figure it out. Cause I didn't see his tail right away. I'm trying to, I'm trying to hit the centipede. I thought I'd because gra- his eyes, his eyes big and blue. I'm like, I'll grapple his eye, make him mad, and It was not doing nothing because he's all he's all armored and stuff like that there. But uh, so you grapple the dragon's tail and swing, and when you land, it triggers a, uh, a in- cutscene of the the dragon's falling down and the and the, the the stone of where he was sitting on falling down and landing on the centipede's head, and it cracks his armor. The centipede, and you do it three times. And his armor breaks. Then you jump down into the fight. and Then you grapple. You grapple hook his eye, and you yank him down to you. And oh. you start just wick him in your, whack him in the eyeball with your, with your sword. So that, that, that boss was kind of cool. That's to that hurt. Yeah. And the, I guess the sand thing's not too terribly different. It's a whole sandy area with like pits and stuff like that. And he kind of just kind of pops out of the sand. And you and by the end, that's that's a hook shot fight. You hook shot his little, has a little, little membrane coming out of his mouth, and you hook shot that too. You just whack up your sword a couple of times. That fight's pretty much over. That was actually one of the easier ones. Is
1: that late game or?
0: Yeah, it's later in the game. Uh, there's a plant thing you fight. It's the boomerang place where it's all it's all attached to the ceiling. All its little tentacles are attached to the ceiling. You got to boomerang all its little pieces off, and it falls down, and it opens up, and you just yeah. wop wop wop.
1: Similar like that. I'm trying to think of the yeah. other
0: other bosses. That's three bosses. I know there was a couple of temples. I don't remember all the dungeons and temples. I liked all that. the uh, The bosses were the bosses are obviously Zelda bosses. You know they're actually more often not better than the general combat. The boss I oh, the boss I hated.
1: Yeah, that next question. Uh,
0: there was a, a a ghost boss where it. uh it was a mirror shield. Thank you. You get a mirror shield and you're in the room and it's not so bad at first because this is a guy, uh, a ghost running, floating around like shooting fire at you and stuff and you use your mirror shield on that ghost, any other ghost in the game. The mirror shield makes him solid Mm -hmm. and he falls down and you got the, I forgot you got these, the super strength bracer. He's a giant fat ghost and you pick him up while he's he's physical and you chuck him at these nearby spike walls and he, woo woo woo, whoo, he hits the ground and he pops into a bunch, a bunch of little ghosts. And you have to kill all the little ghosts. But as you're killing little ghosts, they they all jump back together and form him again. And that fight literally just keeps going until you kill all the little ghosts. And that well, not only was that not fun at all near the end uh, in Ganon's tower, you've got to do a kind of like a boss rush kind of room Boxerana, kind of thing. Yeah. So you got a one, two, three, four fight the bosses again. That destroyed everything. To fight the centipede. To fight the. The plant thing. So yeah, this was all the four major bosses, and I had to fight that stupid freaking ghost thing, and I was like, oh, I just do not want to do this again. Was it any
1: easier with?
0: No, it was the same fight because you don't, you're not really any stronger. Like it, it, doesn't matter. Like I don't think I had the master sword originally when I fought. I don't, I don't remember the timeline because you have a regular dinky sword and you get the master sword. Yeah. But the hard part of that fight now maybe I don't know I don't ever think I don't know everything there is to know about Zelda. Maybe there's a faster way. Maybe I could have boomeranged or something. Yeah, or grapple hooked. Probably any number of options I could have had to turn them solid and then grab them and pull them to me. But it was just me making them solid, chasing the little dudes around. Same fight, you know. I'm, I'm no stronger. I still got to chase. I, I think it even, I might even took longer on the second time. <laughs> it's just a matter of chasing the stupid ghosts around. And not wanting to do it again. And definitely not wanting to do it again. Not only that, before you fought each boss, it, each the Ganon, it, Ganon's tower is essentially a, a big boss door, and then four two doors on each side of you. Mm-hmm. Go into a door, do a new puzzle using the items that you got originally in those areas, and then you fight, refight that boss. Really dumb. Somewhat lazy. Except these rooms probably have the worst... Renditions of the puzzles like the most headache inducing, like just not fun, even when you figured it out, not fun puzzles to do. And I had to do four of those, I don't think I liked any of them. So, all that, uh, so we did all the bosses, did all the combat stuff, items, sailing around. The story is just Zelda story. Oh no, some
1: Ganon's bad, we better go stop him. That's never gonna, I don't think it's ever gonna change in Zelda stories. Were there any cool, like, unique. NPCs. I remember like from like Ocarina of Time you have like that dude Tingle Tangle Dangle. Where? Tingle's in this Tingle's in this one oh, too. Really? Yeah he's uh
0: he don't have any real plot relevance but he like gives you some maps. He's weird because he translates you get these when you're trying to get the Triforce pieces after you get you got to put the Triforce of Courage back together the piece of hit, Link's piece back together. Yeah. It's scattered along the all the little islands and stuff like that and you get these Triforce maps uh, three of them, and uh, he's the only person that can translate these Triforce maps. So you got to go talk to him again. He also had a uh, internet thing where he uh, the Wii Meverse, whatever Weverse, whatever it's called. Yeah, it was turned off now because all the Wii craps turned off. Uh, but supposedly Tingle did something like Tingle Maps, and I think you shared messages <laughs> like Dark Soul style through Tingle. Uh, when it was online. Who yeah. knows if, it, if that's how it worked. It's kind of what it sounded like, but it was, it was obviously turned off because all the Wii U stuff is turned off. So that's kind of what he did, I guess, in there as well. I didn't have none of that.
1: Uh, what else? Any? Uh, did you have a favorite dungeon or, or song or something? Dungeon. I
0: don't know. I, oh, I did play this. I don't remember what part. There's a couple of certain parts, I, I couldn't remember who one of the sages were, I think it's one of the first, I, I tried to play this game completely godless, I think I did pretty good through most of the, figuring out all the puzzles and doing all the exploring and everything I could without a guide, until you had to find the two sages, and your hints was, was like, two, as a harp and a guitar or like a, like a no, harp and a harp and a, and a violin and I knew where the harp chick was, the little bird faced girl, I knew, I knew where she was so I went and got her, and for the life of me, I could not remember who did I ever see holding a harp. I was just like beating my head against the line. I was like, who has a freaking harp? And I Googled it and it was a, one of the little Deku kids from way early in the game. And you, get, you meet in this little forest and he just, there's like 10 of those dudes. And one of those just dudes just happens to be holding a, a, a violin, I guess, I who, it was so long ago from when I did, you do the Deku tree stuff pretty early and then you go through the the larger, the larger scope of fights and stuff like that. So I used a guide for that. And I, forget what I, I forgot what I was talking about.
1: Oh, well, I asked if you had, like, a favorite dungeon or a oh. favorite song.
0: No. no. The dungeons uh, ended up, a lot of this time for me, I'm, it's the first Zelda game I've played in a long time, and I can't, I don't, anything, any experience I had in, when I played a Link to the Past for a couple of weeks, none of that experience translates to any other Zelda game That's as far as either. I know. So for me, it was just blindly running around dungeons, trying to figure stuff out, and then feeling like an idiot sometimes when you figure things out, like, why don't I just try that before? Yeah, I know the puzzle you want to talk about, yeah. which I did right away as soon as as soon as I got to the room. A while, originally, a long, long time ago, when I played Wind Waker on the uh, Game- GameCube back in the day, I got completely stumped in the place where there's a place where you get the hookshot and the the iron boots in the same dungeon. I think I completely stumped, ran all over this dungeon way back in way back in the day, no idea where to go and what to do, and but there's these big rocks and stuff all over the place, these big statues. One time I'm running around playing, Blake was watching way back when, who knows how long ago it was, and uh, he was just like, put your heavy boots on and just like hookshot that statue and it'll pull it down. I'm like, why in the world?
1: Child innocence. I don't Child, know. yeah,
0: you were a young kid back then. I was like, why in the world would that work? It was never They didn't do that in Ocarina. Why would that be in any other game? Like, I, was, I just My brain couldn't comprehend the idea to even combine. And I'll give myself a little bit of credit is that you don't do it again. In that game, you don't ever, ever, ever combine cleverly combine two. I was like, that ever again. But wait, we was not wrong. You put your weight boots on, your metal boots on, and you hook shot this statue. And, and instead of pulling you up like a hook shot does, because of your weight, it just pulls the statue down. Mind blown
1: back then. At an early age, yeah, yeah,
0: completely. I was like, this is what Zelda's about. The game doesn't do anything that clever ever again. Less appealing this time as I ran through the dungeon and saw the statue and I was like, shabing, fuck, and got it done in like two <laughs> seconds. So nowhere near as exciting the second time through kind of exactly what to do. That dungeon, however, uh, was excessively annoying because there's, there's like a fan and some flying around nonsense you got to do absolutely hated the majority of that place. This is going on for a bit. So let me get to, I guess, you know, we know the end is, uh end's Ganon, of course, ended up being a multi-tiered boss fight. One I didn't like so much is puppet Ganon you had to like boomerang his strings like it was literally a puppet it looks cool so he had three forms puppet Ganon and you had to uh, like uh, cut these strings and then the light arrow his tail, which was easy on the first it had three forms of this was well, um, Ganon Ganon, and then like Ganondorf. Is well, the this, tr- is, this, is, <laughs> this is this is a puppet Ganon it had three forms uh like a weird like weird puppet Ganon, and then it was like spider Ganon and then it was like a centipede Ganon which was the annoying one which was skidded all over the ground we try to shoot his tail with the light arrows anyway the main thing Ganon cut his string hit him with the light arrow he falls apart I think it was spider Ganon I just played this like a week ago but anyway you beat all three of them and then it, it goes on to the you climb to the top and it's the actual fight with uh, Ganondorf and stuff like that and Zelda's up there she takes your bow that's actually a pretty good fight it's not quite the fight I have I remember it in my memories it took me a second to figure out what I was doing what I was doing wrong
1: was it more like cinematic and qte or was it an it's, actual fight it's a fight fight like will he, kill you kill okay. like you he's not, he's
0: not he ain't playing around you can lose the fight like for sure and I, I went i went through a i had to carry out four fairies like the whole i had four ball, like four fairies the whole game and never never needed them for anything until I, began and used one of my fairies I think um, it was one of my fairies when I was fighting I didn't realize what I was I didn't know what to do at first and I was because um, Zelda's shooting one, first you're just fighting like flat out fighting him it's kind of cool and stuff like that it's a pretty cool fight and then the second kind of part of the fight Zelda's shooting light arrows at him occasionally mm-hmm. and he's will freezing with the light arrows and you get a few free hits and the third part of the fight he, got, he gets smart and he's already, he starts avoiding, like, she's shooting at his back, and he's jumping out of the way, and the light arrows are hitting Link. Oh, God. And shocking you, and I was, that's where I lost my, I uh, use a fairy. and I'm like, I don't even know what's going on here anymore. And I was, uh...
1: Could you not, like, mirror arrow the light well, arrow
0: back? Exactly. Well, you just called the, you just called the fight. I was trying to block, oh. I was trying to block Ganon, mm. and by accident, by accident, I, boom, hit my shield and reflected. It missed him, I think, the first time, but I had to, for the fights, you need to get an angle yourself... Between Put Ganon between y'all And she shoots And you mirror it back And hit him And kill him You know Hit him a couple of times so Leading it, up to The uh, Hope Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you A picture challenge Which I don't think I ever given you A picture challenge In the game
1: uh, Me? Yeah you Oh I thought you were Talking about the audience So it's like No Blank You a picture you. challenge
0: Cause The final part The final final cutscene When you win Link does like Some cool Like some so, like, Ting ting sword things And jumps in the air For the final blow And Ganon looks up And Link shifts The master sword Right into his freaking head, it's insanely kind of. No, there's no blood, no blood yeah. or anything, but it is graphic as heck for uh, for that Zelda is. in general. He just jams it in top of his head, again and just stops and drops his arm and laughs and he turns to stone and the sword stays there. I was like, oh, I don't remember that at all when I was a kid. <laughs> just kind of, kind of wander off and then that's that's the end of the you know like, typical happy ending game wraps up and yeah. stuff like that. So I don't know if I I like the uh, uh, that part was dope. But I liked, I did like the music and stuff like that. I already pre-selected music. I, I think I'm going to get in the habit of pre-selecting a couple of songs for games before I fully make the episode. So that's a couple of songs will play here throughout. The songs you get very familiar with is clearly the uh, the sailing song. When you're sailing along the ocean, there's a real real upbeat, fun song that just plays when you're sailing. Uh, the, leg- the, Zelda, the Legend of Zelda, like the video game Legend of Zelda theme, is in there, of course. And then the actual Zelda theme herself plays and then there's a smattering of other songs and stuff looking through it all the all the bosses had their own themes and stuff i don't quite remember because i was so focused on on the fights themselves i don't really remember the music of the uh, perfect See, look live blake finding the art of a uh, you can't see this of course you'll see it when he posts after the fact him finding the perfect picture of of uh, the sword in his head I don't worry about the gifts so much, but if, if I don't know if you can get a picture of like Link still standing there. He got the picture of uh, the sword in Ganon's head, but I don't know if you can get a picture of Link still standing there. You can't really see the sword because of Link. Maybe you can get, like, two. Like, one with Link there, maybe, and then later. Anyway, we're, yeah. doing, we're doing some post, post-podcast post <laughs> picture-selecting live. But that um, was, like, the
1: I, I typed in Wind Waker Ganon, and that was, Ganon Death was the first thing. that yeah, I was, was like, okay, good. so most people probably like that scene. Yeah, it was really cool. Was awesome. Yeah. But,
0: uh, so all the music stuff there. Zelda's always been famous for dungeons and music. That's really what the games are. I feel like that's what the games are known for more than anything, is the dungeon quality and music. I do look forward to... When I eventually play Twilight Princess, it'll be I've seen small, very so little of Twilight Princess that I have no real recollection of it. Watched a friend play it a bit back in the day, so I look forward to actually giving Twilight Princess a fair shot.
1: Because Twilight Princess, sorry to go off, it's supposed to be a much darker story, wasn't yeah, much, it? Much much darker. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: To bring up Kane and Rince again, as they talked about Twilight Princess would get would get compared, compared a bit darkness wise to Majora, but actually Majora would just the aesthetics and stuff like that of Majora and the whole idea of what's going on in Majora's Mask, the end of the world, like that. Majora turns out, in their opinion, to be a darker game, which, I mean, I haven't played Majora's Mask in a long time, but it turns out to be a much darker experience, but Twilight is more adult and just... It is a darker world and stuff like that. I don't know if the actual... They said that uh, Majora would always be creepier and stuff like that. Just have have an overall more moody feel to
1: it. Probably because of the art style, too. It's not as realistic... Yeah. So I don't know. Creepy face on the moon and those giants that don't have bodies but heads and arms and legs. So, Something like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: I don't know if I, I don't know when I'll ever go back and play Majora Overall, I th- I would say uh Wind Waker H- the H D version at least holds up to modern modern gaming. I don't know. Like I enjoy playing again. Uh Blake don't play Zelda games at all. So I, I, you you won't play it at all, will you? No,
1: I like I like watching them, but I I don't like playing them that much. It's just one of those weird things. I like, had a lot to do with. They were huge when I was slightly smaller and not good at video games, and I could not. do I'm sure I could figure it, do it on my own now, but I'd rather just watch them. I don't. I like watching a Zelda game and chit chatting.
0: Yeah. So you won't ever hear Blake say much about a Zelda game. It'll be a long time before. I mean, granted, so I'm talking about Wind Waker right now. Imagine how long it's going to be before I I ever talk about uh, Skyward Sword or or, uh, Twilight. Well, it'll be Twilight next, but before I ever get uh,
1: Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild
0: talk, (laughs) Breath of the Wild 2, whatever they name it. It'll be a while before y'all ever hear me if I ever talk about these games and play them and stuff like that. But that podcast, the Candy Ranch podcast, did help me just put the idea in my head to kind of play a game like that. Granted, I have a lot of games that I want to. That they've talked about, that I've thought about playing. So who knows? You might see a couple other games sneak on here from from their podcast. I don't think I've played anything else on here. Be- I don't think I've talked about a game on our podcast before now that was I played because they put the they planted the seed.
1: I don't think I have. The only one that I can think of is uh, Metal Gear. Yeah, but I haven't talked about Metal exactly. Gear on the podcast.
0: Yeah, they did a whole Metal Gear thing too, and I wanted to play in the Metal Gear games, and I got as far as maybe. Two thirds through Metal Gear Solid One. <laughs> That's as far as that went. Uh, so, I still have them all. Anyway, I think I've shared most of everything I wanted to say about Wind Waker. I've spent more time than I thought I would, just because it's uh, I do don't know—it's a—it's a good game. It was fun to play. I don't regret playing it. I don't. Since the last time I played it was GameCube. I mean, what was it ten years? Who knows? If, longer. Who knows?
1: Well, the Xbox Three Sixty was out for like fifteen years, and GameCube came before that, didn't it?
0: Yeah, God. So who knows, twenty, twenty, however, however
1: old the game is. I, I,
0: with fresh memories and stuff like that, I don't. I don't from my most recent experience, I can't say that I want to play it again. I can't, I got the feel of it. I got. I got the. You know, play a game for my to freshen up old memories. It didn't. I don't think it hurt my old memories at all. I don't think it. I don't think it really added anything. It made me. Some of the stuff was annoying enough, and I was just like, I don't think I ever want to do it again. Do this again. Some of the dungeons and stuff like that. I was just like, ah, once is enough. You know, just falling off of things and just stuff like that. Having to walk through whole parts again. I don't know. I think I don't think I got anything else. You ready to move on to the next game? Which I guess you can. I say you can lead on, but I got enough. Negative things to say about the next game. This will probably be the newest game we've ever talked about yes. on this podcast. So after me taking a fifteen-year hiatus from the series, Blake wanted me to play Pokemon Sword and Shield, sort of with him. I guess he plopped it faster than I did. I actually ended up beating the main game before him. But uh, the next game we're going to talk about a uh, Sword and Shield for a bit, and I'll let Blake go on for a minute, and I'll I'll chime in with my negativity. Pokemon, you gotta catch catch them all.
1: No, no, not now that there's eight hundred. No, more than that with the addition of Sword and Shield, and they're adding like new a new legendary like soon. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's like nine hundred and twenty or nine hundred and eighteen Pokemon. You in no. Mm-mm. Never ever ever gonna do that. So you played every game except for what? So go ahead. You except played every game uh, for Black and White too. Yeah, I didn't see a point in doing it too.
0: Well, you played Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Well, you played one of them.
1: I say it like as a pair, but yeah. you always played. I don't know why, because I didn't even finish it. I was like, "This is literally the same thing with a little bit extra." It was really annoying. I got an awesome still book from it, though. Yeah, a cool Pokemon still book. But for um, everyone knows about Pokemon. Yeah. You start your adventure. You got the three starters, etc., etc. I personally, I'm a water starter for life. I don't care. I always pick the water starter. I've always done it. Most of the time, they don't let you down.
0: You think this will let you down?
1: Sobble? No. I actually really enjoyed Sobble. I thought it was really fun. (laughs) Once I figured out, because it did a cool thing where you had a, uh, a name raider, which you always do, but instead of having to go to a special village, he was located inside the Pokemon Center. So I can name them something and then when they evolve, I'm like, oh, that name doesn't match them anymore because they look vastly different. I just can't default names. Yeah. Well, because when it got to the point with Sabo and he evolved to his final form, Inteleon, which is like a, the, literally, he was called the special, the secret agent Pokemon. Yeah. So he's a little like chameleon and I named him Sterling after Sterling Archer. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought it was that I spent the rest of the game and it was the fact that he was it was a boy but I, I was like it fits his name is sterling the secret agent Pokemon and I don't care yeah I'm going with it I, I did uh, I didn't want I, I was I was already uh,
0: against the monkey so I went not the the rabbit the rabbit yeah sorry I picked the monkey because the rabbit was just not doing anything for me
1: he never did I just don't like aesthetically how the rabbit looks. I'm like, really? It just looks. I don't get it. I picked the monkey.
0: I was pretty happy with the monkey. I guess was a little little joy I had in this
1: experience. The point of the story is they're literally just trying to explain to you the mechanic they invented and giving mm-hmm. you the back the Gigantamaxing and Dynamaxing. That's literally the whole point of the story is That's figuring it. out. I feel
0: like the whole point of the story is for a company to show you how much power their franchise has, that they can write tons and tons and tons of garbage into a game and still sell millions of copies and nobody will
1: say anything about it. I'm sure people are saying stuff about it, but at the same time, a Game Freak and all of them are like, oh God, what's the perfect uh, thing I can think of? There's a episode of South Park where they have to deal with a cable company and... Every time they walk in, the cable company is like, oh, why don't you just leave us and go somewhere else? And all their suits have these detachable things that they can just unfold, and they just start rubbing on their nipples. Like, oh, why don't you just go somewhere else? Oh, wait, we're the only provider. Ooh. And they're like, can we talk to your manager? He comes out. He does the exact same thing. He's like, ooh, you want to talk about it? And it feels like that with Pokemon. Is Pokemon is a fantastic idea. Like, it's really cool with the changing Pokemon and all that. But they keep targeting it towards kids which is what you're supposed to do because that's how you have me a 30 year old man still playing all of them that come out yeah but they haven't what's grown with their audience yeah like every all the stories are still it's this one in particular the story was go do the gyms sort of barely there's not any hardly any talking about anything Pokemon,
0: like, there will be something happening off to the side with the champion dude, because he's, he's an idiot. He's running off somewhere else, and something's happening over there. But he runs to you, and he's like, no, don't worry about this. Go run these gyms
1: for no reason. Finish your gym challenges, buddy. They finish this
0: gym challenge for absolutely no reason.
1: Yeah. Because there's all these, like, fan-made Pokemon games that have apparently really yeah, they get dark shot, stories. They shot, they get shut down, though. And, yeah. I, I don't want, like, a rated R. I just want just something a little more mature. Yeah. Just a little bit. Or uh, me and Drew have spoken about it and, uh, with our, our buddy Trey. I was like, wouldn't it be cool if they just did kind of like a switch route for Pokemon instead of that? Like, let it be like a... What's the looking for? Like a, like a social RPG like Personas mm-hmm. where you play as a gym leader and based off decisions and stuff you make is you start out as the first gym leader and then as you talk to these people and these people and influence like the Elite Four you eventually raise up to be like a ranking member of the the gym leaders and then you eventually become like an elite four member I think it'd be a really cool social thing and you at the start of the game you pick a type and that's the only thing you can catch to, you know
0: you, you well, can Well, catch it wouldn't, wouldn't even be the point
1: yeah it wouldn't be but you'd have to train up and increase your I just think that would be pretty cool but every time they put out one they put out like a a different version of pokemon they put out like pokemon mystery dungeon or pokemon ranger or pokemon snap or coliseum and you're like they're different but they're not quite what i'm looking for i want like a i keep i want them to reinvent the wheel but that's not gonna happen i'm just stupid
0: speaking of what people wanted like for the longest time, even, of course, I haven't played a Pokemon game since Gold and Silver Era. I don't know what gen that is, two or three. Two. I played that one and dropped it way back then just gave up on the series back then. I can't, I don't know why, who knows, but Blake kept stuck with it. But the one thing you take Pokemon fans always wanted was a full-fledged console game. Yeah, a lot of people want that. And so what people have been begging for for years, and we kind of were hoping and almost seemed sure that's what short and Shield was going to be. When, it, when you play it, it turns out just to be like a... It's almost like a weak little money grab. To be honest, like I know they got to put out a Pokemon game every year, but it's that game is lacking in so many departments that it just seems like it does. I can't, I can't say no effort went into making the game because you can't make a game without putting effort into it. I feel like, but I feel like it was the least amount of care and effort that you could put into like just getting a game onto a console. Like there was, there's no. I hate the word people use it for game games stuff like that but charm. There's just no charm. There's no life to me in any part of the world. Like when I was running around the game, Blake mentioned there's this like town that's pretty a little fairy town I guess. Oh yeah. You go there and it's kind of pretty, but nothing happens there. Nothing happens in any town you go to. You walk to the fairy town, you look at a couple of people and you go to the you go to the gym, which is a really stupid gym by the way burn through that and then you leave and you never have to go to that town ever again for anything and every town's like that but to me that all sucks and that's garbage but I tried to talk to Blake throughout it and I was like is this just what Pokemon is yeah walking into pointless towns and fighting people and moving on which I guess battling is the Pokemon thing to be the very best you gotta win all the battles and I just thought that with the power of a console behind them granted the weakest console we have that we can get something worth looking at, and get some events, or get some cutscenes, or get something to just make this feel like a console, like use the power, you know, like make this distinguishable away from the other games. And this, even I think Blake has said this, this is no different from any previous Pokemon game when it comes to what you do and how you get around and
1: stuff like that. Here, here's a perfect example for it being lackluster: is Drew is currently playing a relatively older 3DS game called Bravely Default. It's a fantastic game. The entire game on his 3DS is voiced and voiced well. Yeah, the entire game has voice acting. On the Switch, with one of the biggest Nintendo properties, Pokemon, that already has an anime of which they have voice actors for the characters, is not voice acted at all. Not one word. Not a single word. And, and you- my my mind was blown immediately in the opening
0: cutscene because it has cutscenes. It's an actual cutscene. It's got the the, the widescreen borders. It's, yeah. It is a cutscene. And, and as soon as that the first opening, everybody knows if you played the game, you know the cutscenes of the stadium. It's like it's supposed to be exciting and stuff like that. Blah blah blah. Boom boom boom. And then there are words trickle across the bottom of the screen and no voices. I was like, whoa. One of the most successful franchises in video game, and you can't pay
1: a few voice actors to put some life into this. They could have just did the cutscenes. They were cut. They didn't have to do the whole game. They could. I mean, they should have.
0: Yeah. There, there is no. I don't care if anybody messages this podcast. Anybody, there is no excuse whatsoever for this in the game not to be completely and fully voiced with every word of dialogue because the, the amount of dialogue in this game. Is nothing no. compared to most modern games or RPGs, because you know, this is an RPG, yeah, a weak one, but it is an RPG, and there's many other RPGs that are completely and fully voiced. And like you said, is the perfect example is bravely bravely default. Uh, Blake hasn't really played that far into it. That game has lengthy cutscenes with tons of dialogue, and, that, and Good the, dialogue. the 3ds can do that. But yet, your Switch can't. Like, it just, what's what's going on here? And I, I read online, and it's, it's a pretty known complaint. I wonder if the those Switch, I'm, I'm not going to play them, because uh, if you can't gather it yet, I despise uh, this game. I, it, it It's killed Pokemon for me. But uh, I don't know if the complaint's enough online to warrant the expansions trying to add voice acting. I don't know, and I, I can't possibly care. There's nothing they can do. To make me play a Pokemon game again. And this is the first three seconds of the game, and granted, I've played I played tons of games without voice acting. I mean, Zelda's got no voice acting. But Zelda's never had voice acting. I don't know why. I heard that uh, Breath of the Wilds is the first ever voiced Zelda game and stuff like that. So I guess it has really no excuse either. I don't know, but they they make noises and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I'm used to games that I have not having voices and stuff like that. But it just seemed. It was weird and off Like, it was noticeably off-putting in this game sometimes that there was just no... And you said they already have a lineup of voice actors, Japanese and English both, voicing in the anime for the same freaking characters. Yeah. For the same
1: characters. Like, I'm, I'm sure, like, not the entire show is out because Ash has to have his own, you know, 50 to 100 episode series, not but... Out. I don't care they have to ha- they would have voice actors lined up they would have auditioned them and already have them recorded so,
0: yeah, yeah but anyway I just I don't understand that and that threw me off from the beginning of the game See, so, yeah, I, don't, I don't know a lot about Pokemon I did play the game all the way through I can't tell you why honestly I hated every second of it like right at the weird cutscene thing in the beginning uh, immediately you meet your, your rival Hop which is probably the worst character I've ever talked to in video game history He's definitely, and I play a lot of video games. And I think he's the worst person I've ever met in a video game. I cannot. The only thing I wanted to happen in that game, and it didn't happen, it won't happen, is there's parts of the game where Hop gets really, really sad because he's obviously the worst ever. He's terrible at everything he does. Like you fight his Pokemon, his team's like makes no sense, but he gets really, really sad, and I was like, what they should do, <laughs> it could help too, because maybe maybe they can help kids when in situations like this hear me out is hop should have got really really depressed which he got really, really depressed hop should have committed suicide there are parts in the game where he's extremely depressed and a part really early in the game where his brother Blake don't remember it I wish I had screenshot it his, his brother talks filthy to him his older brother really early in the game it's a moment in the game which have been which have been great in voice acting it's one of those moments in like real life. If you're at a friend's house and like their parents yells at your friend in front of you, or their, you know, like your friend's parents yell at him in front of you, and you just kind of stand there like I don't think I'm supposed to be here. Nope, they forgot and I was yeah, here. Yeah, they forgot I was here for a minute. And they talk dirty to Hop. a lot of stuff kind of not like that. That's rough, really early in the game. But his character throughout, and he hits a big stint of depression, I guess later in the game, I guess, and then he keep kind of hops out of it. No, no, no pun intended. It's the only thing that could have happened to me to help me have any, any redeeming Factor if Hop literally you just went somewhere and like he was just like hanging there, hanging in a tree or something like that. I would have been like, This is the best video game I've ever played. Because I hate him so much, his suicide would have brought me so much joy. But they could have handled it in a way. Think about your fans, you know. You got some sad kids out there. Write a plot line, we're like, oh don't do this. It's okay. You've got friends, talk to your family stuff like that let the game display some tragedy and then maybe try to help kids i know you're thinking that's not right the game should have if your idea want to have him be so sad then maybe have his friends talk him out of a suicide i don't think it has the same impact you need the impact of the guy actually killing himself but ironically my ideas still don't work because if hop killed himself in that game nobody would have cared i don't Nobody would have noticed. He, when every time he shows up, it's he's obnoxious. Everybody who meets him hates him. Everybody who talks to Hop is like, "Oh my God!"
1: Calm down, kid. Go away. Go away.
0: <laughs> so like my idea don't pan out. But God boy, I would have loved it if I walking down Route Six and he's just like swinging in a tree. Oh the joy, Good. the absolute freaking joy. I probably would have stopped the game right there and be like, "They did it. Roll the credits. Best ending ever." Unfortunately, you got to talk to him multiple times throughout the game, and it is a train wreck of a story dealing with his stupidity and obnoxiousness throughout the entire game. I feel like I don't Blake has not as negative feelings as I do about even Hop. I guess spies that dude.
1: He's my least favorite of any. The of The world. He's not
0: even a rival. He's just a, an idiot that runs around and occasionally fights you. Like he doesn't.
1: He never. Yeah. The thing that blows my mind... Is that he beats the gym leaders? Yes. I'm
0: only because like, he has to for the
1: plot. And I'm like, how?
0: Yeah. How did you, how did you beat... I've you? seen your team. I crushed you outside the building over there.
1: I, I, I literally just crushed you a route ago. And I one shot at your entire team. How did you beat I don't this know. challenge? So. I just, that guy. He made a game I already hated. Much worse.
0: Much, much worse than it needed to be, and And I I can't ever get over that. I don't think.
1: Not to mention, every time you fought him, the first time you hit with a super effective critical hit, surprised. He had to be like, "How did you figure out typing critical hits?" Like it was, um, like I don't know what is what is. It was funny the first like two times, and then every time it was just like, "Okay, I get it." Yeah. So like the
0: twelfth time you fought him and you hit his starter with its. Clear, obvious, whatever starter he pick, he gets the what starter does he
1: get? He gets whatever you're strong to. Yeah, so you like you you hit pick his, the water, he can destroy his
0: starter in one hit, and he acts surprised every time, every single time. Okay, that's not. I mean, that's the writer's fault. I think the writer of this game should never be allowed to touch another video game again. That person should not even allowed to be to read anything, to write anything, to be involved with anything the rest of their life. They should be sitting in a dark room and feel bad about what they've done. <laughs> The rest of their life. Just every day someone else's the door. You still feeling bad? You yeah, should. It's, it's, it's horribly, horribly written. And they they try accents and stuff like that. Stuff like that that even... I don't know. What stuff, do you mean they try accents? Everybody's got... Like, even Hop has an... Australia. I guess the theme of this game was Australia. UK. UK was it's it the UK. UK. You couldn't freaking tell. He sounded like a freaking Australian half the time. I guess in the the way the dialogue was written, so everybody has to have everybody has accents. I guess in
1: this game, without no, voice acting, They have de- dialect, dialect. I guess is yeah, not was, a, it's vastly different. Well, still, accent, their
0: voice it would be an accent. Yes, but yeah, make him
1: worse. What else? Okay, so the Blake say something positive about the game. I didn't care for the gimmick of the game. So say something positive about the game. All in all. I did like the a good chunk of the new additional pokemon. Mm-hmm. Like they they added with Sword and Shield, uh, you had I think you had honestly, I think there was about 3 or 400 pokemon you could get in the game. Mm-hmm. Give it because and that's through all Gen 1 through 8. But 8 alone added roughly like 35 or 40 new lines. Mm-hmm. I'm not that, that might include like 100 Pokemon or something because it's like stage 1, 2, and 3. Some of them didn't evolve and some of them were the legendaries. So I'm giving you the line, the actual count mm-hmm. of by between 35 and 40. Hmm. What They they did include because, I guess, a low in Gen 7 with Ultrason Ultra Moons introduced alternate versions of similar Pokemon that you're used yeah, to. Yeah,
0: low-inversions. I this had gla- Galarian, Galarian, Galarian versions.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like the Meowth and stuff like that. The Meowth, the Ponyta, the Slowpoke. I don't think I saw the Slowpoke. The, the, the one not in my game. Well, he is. He, just he, well, he's a special event Pokemon because they uh, introduced him into the game when they announced uh, the Isle of Armor and the Crown of Tundra okay. expansions. Yeah. You just go to a train station and you get him for free fair whatever <laughs> but the messed up thing is they introduced him they're like hey here's a Galarian Slowpoke and you're like oh that's really cool
0: why is that cool it
1: was just because it was whatever it's just a cool free Pokemon but they went out of their way that that Slowpoke doesn't evolve it, it, it doesn't evolve until the expansion comes out so he can't turn into Slowbro or Slowking until the expansion comes out you can get him to, le- and he just won't. They probably have special versions. I'm sure that I, they definitely have a special slow King, They should, yeah. and slow bro. And then, let's see, and there's a few others. I can't remember all of them. I get liking there's new Pokemon and stuff like
0: that. But was there anything? I think I mentioned it off podcast. Is there anything specific about Sword and
1: Shield that was? No, it's fairly similar. Like that's the problem with. Like, it's cool, but the fact that Pokemon never changes. So when you get a Pokemon game, you know exactly what you're getting. Mm-hmm. It's a Pokemon game, yeah. so it'd be a, there's comfort in that. It's yeah. like a comfort game. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. For me, and part of my part of my problem with the game too is uh, I have no urge to collect them all. It's not a thing for me. So I, earlier in the game, I'm catching stuff, and I caught a couple. Of, you know, like twenty or thirty Pokemon catching in. I have a team up at six. Yeah, and uh, I start catching Pokemon after a minute. I'm like. I'm not going to use any of this stuff. I don't get. The, I don't. I don't have the drive. I don't have the understanding. So, so my so my negativity of the game comes from. I don't. I don't have to the catch them all. The, I know you. You don't. You don't actually catch them all yourself. But you enjoy, bunch, You right? enjoy seeing everything. To me, it wasn't like I just wasn't feeling it. We did play blind. We didn't. We didn't previously look at anything. So anything new was new to both. Was new to him and new to me. Like our starters, evolutions, and stuff like that it was all fresh and stuff like that. But I wasn't overly impressed with any anything but I, I don't have the that i was just running around especially when you get to the wild area which you can talk about for a minute What's special about sword and shield that's the first time it's ever had something like that i feel like maybe the wild area to me it was pointless you run around catching stuff that you're never going to do anything with I just, you throw it to a box and never talk about it ever again i just don't understand as just as a gamer maybe now i guess as a kid i was super excited about it i guess there's nothing there's nothing you can catch that you know, whatever, what fifteen million copies of this game sold. That 50 million people didn't. Fifteen fifty million people all have the same crap you have. No, there's well, nothing special about it. Yes and no. The alternate versions,
1: the Sword Pokemon, the Shield Pokemon doesn't matter. No, I mean because people because nowadays this has nothing to do with us, but the competitive play garbage. Yeah. Like people uh, selective breed, and then when they get it, they do the IV training. Like only have this Pokemon. Like if you want, like. Uh, I don't know exactly, but just off the top of my head, if you say you had uh, brain work, uh, we'll say uh, Sobble Inteleon's third form has like really weak physical defense, so you like only have Inteleon fight and kill Onix, and then if he levels up, then because of only fighting that type, his defense would be would get a bigger boost when he leveled up. I didn't know none of that technical stuff. I know you talked about I, it a bit. I know about it, but I never use it because I'm like, that's dumb. Well, it's not, it, for, it's stuff that I'm, it's you for information that I'm not going to use because I am not competitive when it comes to that yeah.
0: crap. Well, I don't, I, don't, I don't care about competitive Pokemon gaming, but you see, did you read the, the seven-year-old won the tournament? No. I, th- I think, I Google it, I think a seven-year-old won, like, the Pokemon National Championships. Oh, good gravy. <laughs> I think it's a seven-year-old or something. Some super young kid, like, won the National Pokemon Championships.
1: I know a, a whole lot of people were upset with Sword and Shield because they wanted it. Because you, you didn't know what it was. But everyone wanted the National Decks. So They're like, what? why can't I have my National Decks? Rage! Brooklyn Rage! and <laughs> Flipping stuff. Uh, it's because, like, the... Behind the curtains with the competitive play stuff, they wanted to take Pokemon that were like high-ranking things. Like one of the biggest ones happens to be Garchomp. He's a just a beast of a thing, and they're like, if purple, he's
0: play? They're, they're,
1: they're the, the cool Land play. Shark. Yeah, he looks awesome, and people love him, and he looks cool. Yeah. And but they're like. He, they're like, well, let's just if he's not in the game, he can't be using competitive play. And it makes people have to rethink their whole strategy. Because some people's strategy is depending... Yeah, got got forbid to do something new. Yeah, because <laughs> people have a strategy and their strategy works. And they don't want to change it. And that's one of the big so, things. Oh,
0: so boring. I had uh, like I said, our buddy Trey trying to explain competitive play to me. And what it what it means to play competitively. It's just switching. And it sounds so
1: freaking boring. Oh, yeah. It's just switch, 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 switch. Until... You get lucky and he throws out something that you're... It it just seems dumb. Yeah. Anyway, we ain't going to spend a whole time on the competitive play, something we're never, ever going to do.
0: We we didn't even battle each other, much less do anything else.
1: I I did play slightly stunted because you have to have... Now you have to do a subscription base for the Nintendo thing. Home. Pokemon Home? No, 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 the Nintendo. Just oh, be able to that. go online. Oh,
0: yeah. We, we talked about that, yeah.
1: Because we... It's dumb because I, I bought the
0: Switch Online to have the... Uh, just to, Switch Online 20 bucks so to have the access to Nintendo and Super Nintendo, which we've barely touched. Like, I played Zelda a little bit. Jessica played some Mario. We've barely even touched it. But to do the online Pokemon stuff, you've got to be have Nintendo Online. That is locked to my profile on the Switch, yeah. which is stupid. So, Blake tried to play his profile on the Switch... And you couldn't access the online and all it's so dumb I couldn't do surprise. So they, want us, sure. they want us to pay more than 20 dollars again on top of what we already had pay more than 20 to get a family Nintendo thing on the switch I, I, we, we talked about it. I, like, I don't think it's worth it because no. the online stuff wasn't I mean course, I didn't dig into it of course because I have no urge the online stuff wasn't doing anything for me because what it wants you to do it wants you to do raid battles because so I'll tell you the raid battles wasn't working. Yeah, I think you asked me, but, but the, on, the you, online. You,
1: you have to connect to the internet and then go into raid battles. If you don't connect to the internet, no, the switch switches online. You have to tell it to connect to internet because when you do, then you see other people riding around. The while they You have to tell it to connect to internet, yeah. which is just just start and hit Y. You like connect? Yes. If you yeah. don't do that, then you don't have access to it. Stupid. Well, because oh, some probably. people don't want to play with other yeah, people. Yeah, I didn't want it on there anyway. But uh, I just, I just don't know why it wouldn't just be automatic. Well, because. You wouldn't want to be riding through the wild area and have like 50 other people riding in front of you and crap. It'd just be maybe obnoxious. Maybe
0: it looks boring.
1: Maybe. The wild area, I, I, they were proud of it, so that it's literally the first thing you get. Yeah, I, I think I told you right when I got there, I was like, you get here way too early. Yeah, it's literally like, here's, it doesn't change. Like, yeah, the weather patterns change constantly, and there's snow, great wind, sandstorm. How do you even get all that? But it's just, it. I don't know. You get there way too early, and then they're like, "Oh yeah," again. I've never cared for this, but like, let's do camping, and you can cook different curries. And I'm like, these are fake animals. I'm not gonna feed them. (laughs) I camped one time in the entire game. I was like, because, even in the wild area, the whole point of camping, there's a, an NPC that you talk to that fully heals your Pokemon that you can literally fly to. There's no point in camping. It was a pointless thing. They're like, oh, let you play with your Pokemon. It's so cute. I'm like, if you want to do that, put out its own game. It's like, well, how about you toss out the development time it took to make camping and spend that time in the studio with some voice actors? Yeah. Because I'm like, if you want to do that, I guarantee Nintendo would be amazed to have Nintendog's Pokemon Edition. Well, that would blow it, well, if, if that was going to happen, it would have happened already. I bro. know. But this is all that was. So you, you wave your little toy, you throw a ball. I didn't do none of it. I made curry a couple of times with heal heals, it heals you. The only thing camping does did for me, and I tried it briefly, but then I was like, I'm not gonna catch all the Pokemon. Is uh, that's the fastest way to level up a Pokemon's happiness towards you, so that yeah, you. About that. All I think it did for me was I I used it to heal a couple of times, and then I'd be in battle, and it
0: felt the need to tell me that every now and then I was in a battle. It'd be like, whatever Pokemon's thinking about camping. I was like, "Why is it telling me this?" Yeah, it, it, it didn't like use up a turn or anything. It was just like this random thing of dialogue. Well, because
1: like, the the happier they are, like I noticed it in Ultra Sun and Moon and Moon, is when they have an affection towards you, they actually like, what is it like? Ooh, they literally tell you like they dodge and look back at you and give you a thumbs up. Like it tells I can't you. you can do that though. It did some. I didn't get any there, so I'm well, I, I, all my Pokemon must have hated me. Probably. I didn't get none of that. Cause I, I all I ever got was him whining about wanting
0: to go back to camp.
1: Cause, it happened to me a couple of times. Is like I'd have a Pokemon. I'm like, oh, if I can, you know, kill it in one hit it would get hit and almost die, and then it would survive an attack. And it was like it looked back at you, it stayed alive for you, or whatever. Its affection kept it alive. And it would, and it's a built-in thing. But I'm like, at the end of the day, these are Tamagotchis, they're fake creatures that. I don't care for. I think I think you look cool. when We're gonna fight stuff, but your emotional needs and your food needs don't matter to me because you're not real. And that's not how you speak. like. Oh, you're supposed to like be attached to them, I guess. I, like, I'm gonna play every Pokemon game that comes out. Yeah, I'm just going yeah. to. Yeah, surprised you haven't ordered the
0: passes yet. Yeah, you can get the expansion. I'm not even sure if I'm you... gonna
1: play the expansion. No, I, I there, there are
0: two. There are two whole new islands. That's here. an extra
1: sixty dollars.
0: I think it's thirty for the pass. I think. Who knows? We'll Who see. I don't know. Maybe. We'll, we'll, get a, we'll, we'll do it. Uh, when Blake plays the path, we'll, we'll dedicate
1: like a opening of a podcast to Blake talking about any kind of, any kind of stuff like that. They, the one kind of cool thing they did do for the first time ever, you've always had different versions. You have different Pokemon, different legendaries, that's whatever. Mm-hmm. But this did one cool thing where you're at two points in the game, you have actually completely different gym leaders and i did think that was cool you didn't even know that i I, I, I had no idea blake had had no idea i I
0: discovered it by accident i think i was reading about something somewhere forget what i was reading what in the world would i google for pokemon i don't remember what i was looking for and i found out by accident that we two of the gym leaders are different
1: because you were asking me about something i was like oh yeah uh the fourth gym leader is ghost type you can it's easy use use this stuff and you're like it ain't ghost type dude like, there's no ghost in this gym. What are you talking about? I was like, yeah, there is. Yeah. And it ended up, your it's your fourth and your sixth gym. Mm-hmm. Your fourth gym in S.H.I.E.L.D. version is a ghost kid. Uses ghost Pokemon. And in S.W.O.R.D. it's a fighter Shit, gym dear. leader. Yeah. And I don't know the difference between the two of them. I, I, they're just there. The one cool thing I did find is in the sixth gym... The other one that alternates in sword version, shield version, which is what I played, had a lady named Melanie, and she was the ice type. And for Drew in sword was a fella named Gordy, and he was rock type. The game doesn't tell you, really, but each time you encounter a gym leader, you get like. I thought this. I did enjoy these the customizable little cards that you can you can put a lot of effort into and have like you're like doing some cool poses. I, I changed mine. Like I did, I did my initial card, and I changed it once. I did a few times because I thought it was fun. Yeah, but I don't know if it's on their original cards. But when you do the post game, you re go to all the gyms, and you have to fight the story the the Gigantamax evil creatures. Well, yeah. Not evil, but I stopped. Uh,
0: just for the podcast, I stopped. Uh, I did like one of the cutscenes. I didn't even get to the the legendaries. The two, the Sword and Shield doggies.
1: Yeah, Zamzanta and Zashian.
0: I fought these two weird twin dudes in the forest, and I was like, "I've had enough of this game."
1: Their haircuts were ridiculous. But anyway, I, but I think did you
0: have you did everything
1: now? Yeah, and I did it in yours, and I gave your legendary to Luke. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I
0: didn't care. I'm gonna I'm gonna wipe my save on that game and just give it to you know, my kid anyway. So yeah,
1: but the one of the, I thought I thought it was at least cool because for the the sixth gym, the ice and rock type. They explained that that's actually a mother and a son, and in my version, my reality, her and him got to a big argument over how the gym was going to be ran. And had a Pokemon battle, she won, he left town. Where'd you get that from? I think it's on map. the ba- on their cards. On the cards, uh, it gives know. you a little profile I get about none it. of that storyline. No, no. Exactly, that'd have been there. a cool storyline to there's figure no, out in game. Yeah, there's no, pl- there's no. But pl- I had to read that on the back of a card. Like, there's no plot lines in the game in any of the towns though. Except for
0: the fairy, and that's, and it's so half-hearted and stupid, you're just like...
1: Because all the gyms, I think they got this idea from Sun and Moon, because people like the idea of the challenges, but people also want a gym thing. So they put both ideas, so in order to fight the gyms, you have to go through a, a challenge. And most of them are pretty easy. Also pretty dumb. Or, or rinse and repeat of one another. It was
0: a filler I, I I felt like it was filler. I don't know what they were in sun and moon, but this garbage in this game felt like it it Man. wasn't doing anything to prove your power as a trainer or prove your ability as a trainer like like nothing that was stupid game mini games sort of things you do and there's i just, i didn't I didn't understand it I don't understand the point is that what it how was that different in sun and moon barely. Just play dumb little mini games and cause fall the, the gym
1: leader. One of the ones I remember was you had to fight the totem Pokemon, but in order to do that, you had to like do a little challenge. Mm. And some of them were like, "Ooh, you have to catch these Pokemon." And it was like, "Oh, talk to this thing." You're like, "You feel a, you see light on, you saw a shadow moving to the east, and so you just move along the east side of cave, just talking to all of them, and you just it, the clues it gives you, you captured you capture them, and then like." Oh, and the Totem Pokemon. And the Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, you were actually, in the Ultra versions, you could catch the Totem Pokemon and have a Pokemon that was just, had, like, higher IVs and was just closer to being a perfect version of itself. Yeah. Uh, it was just dumb minigames in this. They were annoying. Uh, like... I, I, I hate the fact that I'm crapping all over Pokemon... Because I do enjoy it. Well, if I have to pick, uh, Digimon's cooler in Pokemon hands down. Any day of the week, I'll fight you. Let's bring it on. But we're not talking about Digimon right now. My my problem, one of, one of the bigger things I noticed early on is there's a really cool one. He's a new fire rock top, co- top called uh, Roly Coley, and he, he like he lo- he he's on the verge of looking silly and looking cool, and then he has this cool glowing red eye. He's just a rolling around. Because Cole burns. He's a fiery, glowing eye. Mm. And then when it evolves... Into a minecart? Yeah. Which would have been cool, but his eyes just looked like these huge white rectangles with pupils. I'm like, you already had a cool eye. Why would you not just transfer the eye to that? And mm-hmm. then it evolved, and its face got stupider, and its eyes got stupider, and it turned into like a um, like a Rhydon Rhyperior clone with a mountain... Of burning coal on his back, which looked cool, but his face. I was like, "You, why would you change his yeah. face? Well, you, you can do a whole series of podcasts about how yeah,
0: bad Pokemon designs.
1: Because the best ones are the ones on the verge of looking too cool and too dumb. And, yeah. and some things I'm like, why would you even try that? I say we can go on, and on about this. The things I've seen over
0: the years, just, and just in passing and stuff, you showed me the... Stupid garbage they've put out.
1: More recently, there is a fairy type, and I believe he, he, it came out with Sun and Moon. It's called, like, Cleefy, Kli- and it's literally a steel fairy key ring. It's a key ring with keys. And that's Pokemon. Yeah. And there's one of this how, it's literally, a, a, you know, a lei is. Like the Hawaii the, thing? The, it's literally that. Except for one of the petals has a face. It's ridiculous. I understand it's hard, but I'm like, come up with
0: some cooler stuff, guys. It's crazy when you see all the fan art online when human like other fans of Pokemon are clearly making better Pokemon, and Nintendo's like, no thanks, we got this.
1: One of my check out this leg. One of my biggest. A lot of people complain maybe they'll correct it with the the expansions, but we still have no new evolution. Eevee? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what's strange. They had to put it in here at some point because I think uh, the fairy type Sylveon was introduced when they introduced fairies yeah. which wasn't Sun and Moon I think it was the one before Sun and Moon was Black when they and introduced Pokemon mm, no
0: Pokemon I don't know. I don't know Pokemon stuff anyway um,
1: I figured out hold on dead air give me a second if anything we're talking about then go on it, it was X and Y X that's what I forgot
0: X and Y yeah we talked about using the console's power which yeah, and this game—it's sad how not great this game looks. I get it, probably it's the, probably the first Pokémon game ever in HD and stuff like that.
1: But you could tell, like the things looked choppy.
0: Yeah, like oh, come on now, like, smooth this stuff you out. You have infinite your your Pokémon, your Game Freak. You you have infinite budget. You have all of Nintendo's resources, and your game. What happened is even, no, I haven't seen every little bit of Mario <coughs> Galaxy, I, you know, not at all, but I haven't seen none of, I keep forgetting the dang name, name. What, Odyssey? Hold on say a second ago.
1: Odyssey oh, said Mario Galaxy, maybe he said Odyssey, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I haven't seen, I think I said <laughs> Galaxy.
0: Mario Odyssey, which is on the Switch, and Zelda, I can't wait really forget the rest of the rest of the Breath of the Wild. I, haven't, I don't know how good Breath of the Wild looks, but these are games that have graphics that, you know. Yeah graphics that pop and stuff like that. Nintendo's known for some you know, for not the best art, art not, style. The art style, not like Xbox and PlayStation graphics. They the systems can't manage that. They have art styles that pop. And being a couple of years, we're talking like a couple of years after Mario and Zelda and stuff like that and nothing in Pokemon pops.
1: I mean it's the best looking Pokemon. It looks yeah. good, but I'm like it looks good for a Pokemon game. It does not look good.
0: I just I don't know what they're what they're doing. It's not I don't know like the the, the amount of resources you have being one of one of the main line franchises. Yeah. You know, Mario is always gonna look crazy. Zelda's always gonna be at the top of the line. Those games always be top of the line if you know I keep going on about no excuse. The game should've been you know br- you know, popping and loud and just like, whoa And it has a distinct art style. You yeah. know, what I
1: mean they just could have
0: Yeah even the gig Jack- we haven't really talked about the stupid Gigantamax and even those
1: aren't really impressive. Like it's just...
0: Whoa, the- it just backs the camera up and the Pokemon's a little bigger
1: that's the Dynamaxing the Gigantamaxing well, whatever was when they got the d- different new forms form, kind of like Mega Evolution which I think is really annoying because it's just a Mega Evolution yeah real big and the only thing that Dynamax Gigantamaxing does you get a really cool move but it no matter it only depends on the type and it's the same move no matter what type yeah, every type's the same move
0: yeah, Each like, type's a different move. It'll Everybody be Max
1: Rockfall but... for a rock-type move. It'll be like Max Quake for a ground-type move. It's not... None of it's thought out. I mean, it's just, just like...
0: I don't know. But and along with that, but it doesn't... But it's also not very, you know, flashy and crazy
1: and just cool. And, and even with the, the Gigantamaxing, which is very few of them change shape or change form. Yeah, usually all the uh, leaders have one. Yeah. And then... I, you, I never got the Gigantamax. I... Only got to it because when you beat the game in post-game, yeah, you go back. You normally, if you go back to your hometown, and if you go over to Leon's house, his mom gives you a note, and it says, "Oh, and the note just tells you Leon left you a gift upstairs in his room." Mm-hmm. And you go up there, and it's a guaranteed uh, Charmander that will Dynamax Gigantamax when it's a Charizard, but mm-hmm. not till after you beat the game, and it's an egg you have to hatch.
0: Hmm. Okay. I didn't get that far.
1: Yeah. I just, I expected more knowing that I was playing a Pokemon game and I really shouldn't have. You should have put your expectations so it, It's a little bit of just expecting
0: more of a console game. Well, yeah, because me, me and I well, have so Even, sorry, even going, coming out of uh, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, the developers and stuff like that, because I read a couple of things, developers were talking about graphically and power-wise, they've done every, so Ultra Sun Ultra Moon is absolutely the best they could do. Like, they were done with handhelds. Like, they couldn't. I don't know they said they were done with handhelds, but they did everything they could with the Pokemon game on the 3DS. That's as, Sun and Moon's as good as it gets, like graphics and what a game looks like wise. And I was like, then you're given the free reign on the Switch. And you and you fall short? You'll push like it to its extreme? or any kind of art style. And I mentioned this earlier off podcast. I don't know if we'll play the game. We'll talk about distinct art styles that. Mystery Dungeon? Mystery Dungeon remake. has I a distinct art style and it looks dramatically better than Sword and Shield. I haven't played it. I,
1: I'm curious about it. We have the demo, it. but anyway,
0: yeah. but i think maybe art style's the problem or something like that. You know, for the game, I don't know. I'm not an art expert, of course, but I, I feel like what little I've seen of that other game looks way better than what Sword and Shield looks like. It's Sword and Shield just looks so boring. It's like so, so boring.
1: I don't uh, know. I could have been better. I wanted it to be better and I... I think I overhyped it in my head because, like I said, a few of the guys at work were all talking and we were just getting more excited. I like, oh, it's going to be so cool when we get it and then everyone played it and we all just kind of looked at each other and were like, it, po- it's it's it was Pokemon for sure. It was 100% a Pokemon game which is what I wanted to play but I wanted more. Yeah, you won't get more. I
0: mean... I won't. There'll be another... After the expansions, there'll be a, there'll be a sword and shield. <laughs> what do you <laughs> It'll say? Be- Sharper sword, sturdier shield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With the DLC already included, well, who knows? But they'll, they'll, you know, there'll be more Pokemon games. I think. Uh,
1: I feel bad for just pooping all over. <laughs> well, I gave you I me. Mean, you got you got, you know, free reign here. I maybe mean, you got anything else you want to say about it? I mean, I do. I did. Like the sweet. They had some cool, like sweeping musics and really cool, like the towns. Like the, the the ocean town, it was really cool. There's that the opening grass town And that real cool ancient artwork carved into the mountain on the side. It, it did a real cool job of like steeping you in Pokemon's version of UK history <laughs> and stuff like that. Even with some of the Pokemon and some of the music, uh, they were like sweeping highlands and it sounded like bagpipes and stuff in the background and yeah. running around. And But at the end of the day, I, I would probably still be upset at it if it had voice acting, but I'd be like, man, it had voice acting. The voice actors were pretty good. Yeah. I don't Maybe know. It would have helped. I just want to play a game where, like, because <laughs> I always remember way back when in like Red and Blue, you go in the Nugget Bridge right beside Shirley and City on your way to see Bill, and you beat it at the very last guy's like, "Hey, I work for Team Rocket. Do you want to join Team Rocket?" And you could say no, yes, or no. And if you say yes, he's like, "We don't accept kids." I'm like, I want to play the game where I'm <laughs> I get to join Team Rocket and be a horrible person. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna mistreat my Pokemon, but I'm gonna steal other people's Pokemon and keep them from mistreating. You wanna- Give a minute or, minute or two. So, Team Yale. Oh, just, yeah. Because every Pokemon game has teams. Evil, you have usually an evil, nefarious a, team. I yes. Guess. You have Team Rocket, and then there's Team Flare, Team Aqua, Team Galaxy, Team... Well, in Sun and Moon, it was a bunch of losers called Team Skull, and they were just literally a bunch of losers. I mean, more losers than Team Yale? No, no. Team Yale is worse. But at least in, like... The Team Skull, they had a problem with authority. They didn't like the police. They didn't like being told what they couldn't oh, do. And so they were literally a bunch of young punks who so like, screw the police. <laughs> we're going to steal this slowpoke. But they're like, why? Oh, because we can. They were just a bunch of young punks. They weren't like anything nefarious they weren't, they weren't really or diabolical. Like they did not like an
0: organization mm-hmm. not, you go with any goals.
1: Not like Flair, Rocket, Team Black, Team... I think it's Team Black, Team White. And then there were teams... And But Team Yell are basically cheerleaders... For... One of your other rivals. Yeah. That's literally it. And they're just. And they, they don't do anything besides try to, like, stop you from getting somewhere before she does. And just for a, a, the Japanese terminology, she's just a lolly. Just a cute little girl. And they're like, yeah, go! Uh, Marnie, I think her name was. Uh, I remember her name? Marnie. And mm-hmm. they're like, go, you can do it. And they're just cheering on the jailbait lolly is what it was and you're just like okay I get it
0: they didn't do anything they didn't
1: do anything and then you get to the her town where they're from and you just wreck them all and you're just like Pokemon's Pokemon I know that but I just but maybe uh, with a
0: console game even with a console you've learned not to keep I, your expectations I mean, keep my expectations, expectations down check yeah
1: no well,
0: I don't know you got anything else
1: I don't think so See, <laughs> I'm just no closing thoughts um, you may- play the expand. You'll play the expansions. Maybe I'm yeah. not sure if I want to. Because I'm like, I think about it, and I'm like, the story's not going to be good. They might have new Pokemon, but do I really want to spend the money? Spend the money on it when I already I don't know. That's the other thing that annoys me is like you go through all this trouble to get these Pokemon, and you're like, cool. I want to play through the game again with different Pokemon, which some people, I know people that do that. They buy both versions, they plow through it with one version, get everything they want, and do all their breeding, all their stuff, and then they transfer those or they trade those to the other version so they get to start the game with level one of the team they want. And so they'll play through the game again with the exact team that they want without having to wait until late game just to see it. I'm like, it's weird.
0: You gotta really love it to do that, I guess. Yeah. I, I couldn't do it. Like I say I, I won't play another Pokemon game. Yeah, I'm sorry I dragged you into it. Yeah, it's entirely your fault. I mean, I always figured I would if I ever come back to Pokemon, it would be if they ever. We always thought they would probably thought they would never make a, a console game. And I don't even know if little effort and <laughs> little uh, little effort that game seems to have, I don't, I don't even can call it a full fledged console game because it.
1: They half-assed it.
0: Mm-hmm. It's what it feels like, yeah. There's just not. There's just no. Like I said there's no charm. Like I hate the way people say charm and things like that.
1: There's no charm. There's no. There's no heart. There's no feeling, and none, none of it. It's just. It's just em- emptiness. And it you could. You could tell that it was a money grab for the sheer fact that they had no idea. They're like, let's do this new thing. That's an old thing. Just they get kaiju eyes. Yeah. Kaiju eyes. I don't know. I, I'd have been happy if they did call, literally called it kaijuized. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's, that's at least funny. It's
0: copyrighted. Who knows? Probably.
1: Well, yeah.
0: Anyway. I think I've said everything that I really need to say about Pokemon, so we're going to dedicate the last couple of minutes here to Blake trying to sell you on another movie. I think you picked uh, Inkheart. Inkheart, right? Ink, yes. Okay. So I'll let Blake. I haven't, I've seen Inkheart. It's been a long, long time. Blake wanted to just do it. Just kind of, sort of picked it somewhat randomly as he scrolls through his movies sometimes and tries to pick things he knows people hasn't really seen. I told him to maybe just read a synopsis. He ended up spending a, a few nights ago just rewatching the movie again himself to because I have do a, a crash course and a refresher on what it. Well, we said you kind of half watched it, half played a game.
1: Yeah, I have because yeah. I have a game downstairs. I, I upcoming gamefly. Yeah, that is a uh, has auto battle, so I set up it to be to do some auto training and then. Went to the other room, started the movie, and was bouncing back and forth between the rooms with the headset on, so I could still hear the movie playing. Yeah, maximum,
0: maximum efficiency.
1: And at the same time, taking notes on the movie and doing stuff for the the Pokemon notes. That was pretty crazy. So, so it was a.
0: I have little to no memories of the movie at all, so I have nothing to say besides we uh, coincidentally picked another Br- Brendan Fraser movie. Yes. Because uh, he, if I remember him, I don't know if anybody watched there. I breathe. We talked about that.
1: Fantastic uh, movie. Yeah. Please uh, watch it. Yes, it
0: has a serious role in that movie, and I, I, and I asked Blake earlier today. Apparently, he has another serious role in Inkart. So go ahead and take that away and
1: try to sell Inkart to these people. Okay, Inkart is uh, written by a lady named Cornelia. It's either Funk fume k I don't a
0: book first he probably, yeah that was a book first there's a
1: book trilogy first yeah so this was technically supposed to be I think three movies but unfortunately like it got decent reviews yeah. mixed well, to mixed to generally good reviews but it just didn't make a splash and then when you look into it I think it just it, bad timing like it was a summertime young adult adventure movie mm-hmm. they put it out January. According it's, it's release date it for it put it out in Germany and the UK in like December and early January we got it January twenty third. What year? Two thousand and nine. Okay. You're like what kids are, are allowed? They literally just got back into school. Their kids aren't. They have to. Nobody's going to the movie. Yeah, in January it, it should have been a summertime movie. Unfortunately, it it's a flop financially. But big, I still big, think this. It costs sixty million to make its box office was only 62 mm. that's uh, really bad it's bad we never really talked money so much movie
0: money so much that's generally what's i don't know what the word but generally a movie has to make triple what it costs to be considered successful
1: yes because it what, if they only make that that, it, that just covers they lose money. Even if it makes the money, it, suppose if it makes the budget back, it still yeah. loses money. Because they don't, because they, they're not talking about, you have to make 1.5% of the movie in order to break even. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's yeah. your, uh, finance, your marketing. So
0: you make, so 62 on a $60 million movie is absolute, they
1: probably had no idea it was going to be that bad. And I love Brendan Fraser, but I think maybe they're like, because there's a bunch of people in this movie that have relatively, you know, I'll say known faces, a few of them, are big people but they're not they weren't as big then as they are now. Oh really. So Brennan's different. He was bigger back
0: then than well, no nobody. You cares. gotta
1: think Brennan's huge, huge thing was like George the Jungle in ninety seven and then the Mummy, Mummy Two and that was ninety nine and two thousand. Nine years later we get this. Where was the Air I breathe? Uh, I think '04. Which was kind of an under, kind of an under, and, and, and then not many people talked about it because I think it came out the same year that Crash did, and Crash got I mean, we, we we talked about. Yeah, that. but I, I love Brennan. Brennan Fraser is a fantastic actor. Um, but some other bigger names. One of the big side characters is uh Paul Bitney. Off the top of my head, at this point in time, he had done a few smaller things, but I think his claim to fame at this point in time was he played. Uh, Jeffrey Chaucer in A Knight's Tale. I don't
0: remember. You know, you know, my memories yeah. were the movies.
1: But, I could be mistaken, but I can't think of anything else he had done by that point. He may have been in like, some smaller stuff, because he, he's a good actor.
0: Yeah.
1: But, people who don't know who I'm talking about, Paul Bettany, or Bettany, B-E-T-T-A-N-Y, is Vision. No. He is huge now. Everyone knows who he is. Yeah. Because, if well, you don't realize, he also voiced... Jarvis. He was Jarvis. the voice of Jarvis for until of uh, Ultron, until Vision Ultron. came to be. Yeah. There's also another, the main antagonist for the film is Andy Circus, who is, is. Smeagol and Gollum and yeah. a whole bunch of other stuff. But at the same time, I don't think in 2009 people knew his face. Right after he was all CGI'd up for Lord of the Rings, yeah. So people Obviously. didn't know his face back then. People know him now because mm-hmm. it's so- and then he was Ulysses Claw in Black Panther and Age of Ultron, oddly enough. Like, <laughs> yeah. and then on top of that, she has a more minor role. But uh, Brendan Fraser's mother in law in the movie is played by Helen Mirren. Mm-hmm. Who I'm not gonna lie, I the only thing I knew she had done, I think she was in like the um. Elizabeth and like Elizabeth the Golden Age movies as Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. But I know her now and I I enjoy her from The Red, Red and Red 2. She's the sassy assassin lady. Oh, red, that's
0: movies we should do. That, still waiting for still waiting for Red
1: 3. Yeah, but that that's um, Helen Mirren if yeah, you yeah, did yeah. catch she's her name. Great. she's great. Yeah, yeah. And she's great in Red. I don't know if I've seen her in anything else. Uh She's played smaller things we've enjoyed her in. Yeah. Um
0: Oh, is she is she American. I She's, British. So I bet, She's I bet she does, British. I
1: bet she does a lot more British movies. And I'm sure than she, she does. does a lot of period pieces and stuff. Yeah. But like I said, th- those are fairly big names, but it just didn't do well. Hmm. And the fact that the author is uh, German-based, because all of her books are translated to English, so that's another thing. Maybe she was bigger in Germany, but like the worldwide... But...
0: I wonder how many... So it seems like sometimes American books do real well, and then they get translated to other languages, does a lot better. I feel like Americans... Don't give a crap if a German book comes to English sometimes, yeah. you know, or anything like that. Even, like, The Witcher stuff, The Witcher books, they're Polish. They don't do nowhere near as good as they did here. As they did now, else. they do, because of the TV. It's show. helping now, but, like, even now, people, see, I feel like even now people think of The Witcher. It, well, now it's the TV show, but it even if you're second, people who don't know, what, who didn't know there was anything besides the show that they first, you, you Google The Witcher, you're probably the games when Wild Hunt's going to come up. Yeah, I feel like if you Google the game now, the game Google the name, the game comes before the books. The books get buried in popularity, but but because it's foreign stuff. So even if she was great and a best-selling author
1: in Germany, I believe it was Germany. Yeah, uh, they, I bet it didn't do. I never heard of it. I, I didn't know
0: it was a book. We watched the movie. Yeah,
1: likewise. Yeah. Um. Briefly, I want to talk about the person who wrote it and then the director of the movie, just to give a background on what they've done, so you can be like the writer. Mostly known for actual theater plays, which is I find strange. The writer has only made six movies, Mm -hmm. six screenplays, rather. Oddly enough, Robots, which we enjoy. Uh, Inkheart, Mm -hmm. which is this. And he also did a movie called Rabbit Hole, which stars Nicole Kidman, which is actually his play he created. So he got to write the screenplay of his play, which I thought was actually pretty cool. And then he did Rise of the Guardians... That was fun. It's a cool movie.
0: Wasn't that a... Wasn't that
1: a Dreamworks. Rise yeah, it was
0: directed by uh, somebody crazy for an animated movie. I don't remember.
1: No, you're thinking Guardians oh, of the whole, I think of Guardians which was Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder. Oh, Rise of the is Guardians is like the Christmasy kind the of Jack thing. Frost. That's and, a cool movie. Yeah, yeah it's really cool. He he wrote that. That's cool. Yeah, that was interesting. Also, none, none, nobody's seen. Yeah, he also co-wrote Oz the Great and Powerful with... Uh, it was a cool movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah, with What's-His-Face Sam... Uh ramey yeah yeah sam Raimi. god sam <laughs> i said i was thinking sam rock no i was like that's not right <laughs> <laughs> the other thing he did unfortunately was he co he uh screenwrote uh the poltergeist 2015 movie that no we, one liked we haven't watched it we haven't watched it but it had no one liked
0: we've like picked it up a couple of times at mckay's and me and jessica were like not today i don't think did we buy it and we bought it and not I watched we, it I don't know. We've rewatched this. We're going off topic. 2nd we we've rewatched the other Poltergeist one, two, and three.
1: I think you rewatched them and said, "I don't even want to try." <laughs> well, no, I re rewatched the old
0: one. Though. Two seconds. Poltergeist one it's pretty good. Poltergeist two, I could do without. Poltergeist three has some of the coolest special effects I've ever seen in a movie of its time. Yeah, go watch
1: Poltergeist three. I think a lot of people talk about Poltergeist two being terrible. It wasn't terrible. It was just kind of, yeah, we done did this mm-hmm. anyway. Now that's everything that the writer did, which was Robots, Inkheart, Poltergeist, Rabbit Hole, Rise of the Guardians, and Oz Great and Firefly. All over the place. It was yeah, Those are all, and that he's done a bunch of other theater stuff. but Those are just movies that have been made. Oddly enough, all American, and all, but all that stuff comes after the fact of Inkheart, except for I think maybe Robots. And then for the director, the director had done a bunch of stuff that I had I would not heard of. I clicked on some of the uh, the things. I was like, I don't recognize any of these. Pictures or anything like that, but the three thing, four things I did recognize. He directed this Inkheart. He directed Hackers with Johnny Lee Miller ad, mm. and and Julie Jolie back in the nineties. That movie with their hacking the computer.
0: Yeah, I it's, I, know, I know I've seen it, but it's been a long, long time.
1: He uh, also directed The Skeleton Key. I think that was Naomi. Watts or Nicole Kidman The Skeleton Key It was a like Psychological horseshit Like a skeleton key opens up every door In the house And some doors They're not allowed To go into It was supposed to be Pretty good well, yeah, But one of his Bigger movie ones movie Was movie. also a sleeper hit Called K-Pax Which stars The whole movie Essentially starred Kevin Spacey In an insane asylum Talking to a therapist About being from an alien From another planet And you're like This poor crazy man and By the end of the movie He's an alien From another planet And he leaves
0: Spoilers i see the dang movie
1: there. if you haven't seen it by now you're not going to and you won't remember me telling you this that's true I never got the name of the movie that's fair and so like those are all pretty good movies but and this movie I still enjoyed but it just didn't get any oomph like I think again like I said I think it was a time and date they just released it at a terrible time mm-hmm. and I don't ever remember seeing any advertising for it it's like no trailers no posters or anything like that and the other thing when it was released for us in America we got it like I said earlier, January 23rd, 2009. It had a Nintendo DS release, video game version, released January 12th. Two weeks before we got it in theaters. Yeah. Bet that game tanked. Probably, I, I didn't even know it made a game until I was doing my research for it. But, you know, that's a lot of the background for for it. Again, with the lady who wrote the books, there's Ink Heart, Ink Spell, and Ink Death. It's trilogy. She has two other books that she wrote. One called... The Thief Flood or Thief Lord and Dragon Rider, both uh, Thief Lord has become a movie, but it was a uh, German British. But I th- I'm sure it's in English too. And then Dragon Rider, she wrote both of these before she did the Inkheart trilogy. Dragon Rider is currently, I think, with DreamWorks. Um, and it was supposed to come out last year, but they're still tweaking it. But it is going to come out, I think, this year, summertime mm-hmm. 2020, Dragon Rider. Oh wow! I went to probably think, I'm about to take a few pictures. Yeah, of that I, I, that. I, I uh, looked up the uh,
0: Inkheart DS game. It appears to be a uh, point and click, and I guarantee as little important, as uh, little as popular as those games are.
1: Yeah. Uh, you, I bet nobody really played this game. So now that I've talked about kind of the stuff around the movie. Talk about the movie now. The movie itself actually has a really cool concept. Brennan Fraser is what's called a silver tongue. Where like a Harry Potter thing? That's a parcel tongue. Oh. Parcel mouth, actually. But a silver tongue. Uh, Brennan Fraser, and a, it didn't go into detail of how it came to be, but very few people have this ability. Whenever you read the written word, you can bring what's in the book to reality to uh, the you, real world do you uh, do you get to choose or like you just read stuff and stuff just happens because you read it do you have the choice you, you your choice is you have no you'll have entirely full quote at least Brennan doesn't because the point of the story You're learning who he is kind of how it happens is he discovers his ability kind of by accident because he never read out loud he just because he, he's a reader but he read to himself and then he had a family and would read to his child and this particular book, because it, it's a weird meta thing, because the whole movie's called Ink but he's reading a book called no, Inkheart. Inkheart. Yeah. Kind of like the Never Ending Story, almost, where mm-hmm. they're reading the Never Ending Story. But he's reading this book to his daughter, isn't he? You know, it's a young adult. It's
0: not a frame story.
1: Is it, so is the movie. It, t- it takes place presently, but it flashes back
0: as to what happened. So is, is this a movie where it opens up, he's reading this story, and then the movie is the story he's reading? Mm-mm. No, okay. it's not a frame story like that. Okay,
1: What happens is the movie picks up. Where his, uh, it's like his daughter's 12 and traveling with him. She's not in school, but he is a apparently world-renowned restorer of books and bindings. Like, we're like, he goes to these ancient bookstores and they're like, can you fix this? It's, you know, there's three of these in the world left and I have two of them and one of them is damaged. Like, he's apparently really good at his job. His name is um, Mortimer Fullchart. That's a name. Mortimer, yeah. But oddly enough, his daughter calls him Mo. She doesn't call him Dad, she calls him Mo. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's explained in the book. She just calls him Mo and he accepts it. But the night he was he had read he was reading Inkheart to his at the then time three-year-old daughter. He re, he's reading this book to her, and then something happens. A strange man just appears in their in like their living room where they're reading, confused and screaming and slashing at people. And then a few other characters appear at the exact same time. And while all that's going on, he realized that his wife has disappeared. And he realizes you can get stuff out, but when it comes to people, the book itself demands that people take the characters places. Because the story that's still has to go on. That's kind of dumb. Maybe explains it better... In the books, but the movie—that's how it was explained—is when you when you ask for a person, the book takes something else in return, so that its story can continue. Hmm. It doesn't because the story wants to keep going. Yeah, and so he his wife is gone, and he has these crazy people attacking him. I they don't really say how that happened. Oh well, no, because you have the Andy Serkis character, the main character, who's called Capricorn, and then he and like I think two of his henchmen—one called Basta—and the other one called Flatnose. And then a fellow named Dustfingers, who is played by Paul Bitney's character. The reason he's called Dustfingers is because in the world of Inkheart, he has fire magic in his hands. So he can, like, he can like breathe fire and like spark. Is it actual magic or is it like tricks? It's actual magic. Okay. And the reason he's Dustfingers is because uh, if he doesn't get a hold of his temper anything he grabs, he burns to dust, burns to ash. So his nickname is Dust Fingers because something must have happened. They don't explain it, but that's his nickname. And it's really cool. They bring these characters out, and then there's a whole thing, and then it jumps the 12 years back to present day. Mm-hmm. And his wife's been gone this whole time? She's been gone because his wife's been gone for nine years, mm-hmm. according to the story. So his wife has been locked in the book for nine years because he didn't understand what was going on. And apparently that book is really rare. Not many. It's just It's just really rare and really old. And so the, the movie starts with him going somewhere to do, to be a book doctor with his daughter. And out of nowhere, Dustfanger goes, interacts with his daughter. And she gets real scared. I'm not supposed to talk to strangers. He's like, I'm not a stranger. I know your dad. Me and I go way, way back. And then Mortimer comes out of the bookstore. gets real upset. They have an interaction. But the Dustfanger himself isn't a bad person. He got pulled out and he just wants to go back home. He mm-hmm. wants to finish his story. But Brennan... Do they know they're from a book? Yes. They're 100% self-aware. To the point of which... Again, it doesn't explain it, but to the point of which they were read out. Because one of Fangers' biggest things is he's never... He doesn't... Because he he is self-aware in the real world, so he doesn't get... He he acts the way he's written. Mm -hmm. He's kind of a cowardly and deceitful. He's like a street performer, pocket thief. So he's a homeless man in in the real world. Mm -hmm. But... If he never read the book, so he doesn't know how his story ends, so he wants to go back and finish his story. That's kind of what he's driven to do. He wants to finish his story, but Capricorn doesn't because in the real world, Capricorn has read the book, knows how his ending happens, and he's like, I'm never going there. I'm never going back. They pulled him out of the book and replaced him with somebody else. Doesn't the book then change? For that character. They didn't really explain that. Yeah, it's like you
0: pull him out, and then whoever goes into his place...
1: Still has to do... Well, they have to say his dialogue and do his reacting, because in the book, they're controlled by the book. They don't have free action in the book. Is that explained, or you just... They, that's what they, they talk about it. Okay.
0: I'm just confusing things, because I, I, I didn't rewatch the movie.
1: It is, like I said, I'm, I'm making this sound really confusing, but it is a good book, a movie. Yeah. And so on and so forth. Capricorn... Has taken a liking to the world and doesn't want to go back. He wants to be his own boss. So he's managed to through like small villages on the outskirts of like Germany, UK, of like essentially becoming a, a baron, a lord, baron, a baron lord, like stealing from people and building a castle and found an abandoned castle and he has essentially become like a like a like a mafia almost <laughs> because he's managed to gain so much power too. Because once he found out what Brennan was, he put all of his effort into finding another uh, silver tongue. Another silver tongue, who we meet. His name is Darius. He's a very nice man, but very cowardly. But he also suffers from a terrible stutter, which means when he had, because in order to, for a silver tongue user ability, they have to read out loud. But because he's terrible at reading out loud, everything he reads comes out imperfect. That's... Okay.
0: I got a problem with that, but we can...
1: We can go I do Yeah. Because he can't... Because it, it comes from him, the words coming out, out. Yeah. But if he's like... And she had... See, I don't think...
0: Uh, real quick, I don't think... Because I have a stutter, too, but we... It's bad.
1: You don't think read... it's like a psychological problem stutter. It's but bad. But you don't
0: read... I don't think people with a
1: stutter, you don't read a stutter. No, but, but you read, he has to read out loud. So as he's reading out loud, his stutter... The magic that works with his tongue is spoken word. So if he's stuttering, it's yeah. messing up the spell as he's reading it.
0: When you when you read, you don't stutter though. I don't know. That's just a, that's just a minor thing. When you read, you don't. Even if you're reading a book out loud because you have a stutter, your your brain works out the words, and you don't. Now, granted, I don't know if I Google it. There's a case of somebody who reads and stutters, but I feel like when you when you're reading the words, your brain has the words. A stutter is your mouth. Can't move as fast as your brain sometimes, or vice versa. It goes either yeah. way. I feel like that's what I say. I think it's a psychological problem. Maybe, maybe more than just a stutter. He yeah.
1: might have an a, other other yeah. issues. Because the the character when you he seems not like dim witted, but he's slower. Yeah, but I think he actually has something mentally wrong with him. Not not wrong, but he's it's a, a but so when he would read things out of the book, they would come out. Yeah, imperfect. Seems like a seems like a, a way to make uh, Brendan be wanted more by Capricorn. Yeah, because he would. Because uh, he's uh, what's his face? Capricorn has called uh, to read out some of his henchmen from the books, mm-hmm. but they come out with the words still printed on their face and uh, just weird things like, um, like half their hair, half their head won't grow hair and stuff like that, or. One of the cool things, um, I guess, also because I don't know if it's in the books, but at least in the movie, they used a lot of common law free use books because stuff that's so old that they the copyright for it is. forget
0: what the word is,
1: but uh, license free writing, but like because they royalty free, royalty free. Because some of the stuff he's been reading has been um, Arthurian legend, Arthur and the sword in the stone. Mermaids, unicorns, uh, Theseus and the Minotaur, uh, Wizard of Oz with the flying monkeys. Because he ha- he's trying to find like he's trying to increase his numbers any way he can, but they don't always come out right. <laughs> but I from it's it's just, it's a cool thing. Yeah. And so we're going to fast forward a little bit. Capricorn ends up finding Mortimer uh, and f- discovers that Mortimer has found a damaged copy of Inkheart and is trying to bind it because he wants to read his wife out of the book and bring her back to the real world because he, kn- he now knows after years.
0: Yeah, if you read somebody out of a book, I'm lost on the people falling back into the book thing, but if you read somebody out of the book, and uh, this is all ma- magically the uh, a silver tongue's power is so powerful that it affects every copy of that book ever. You're not just pulling, you couldn't pull... Capricorn, out of multiple copies of books, when you pull him out, you pull him out across the board? I don't
1: know. It's not exactly explained. It just says out of the story. Okay. So it might be the one you're holding. A, or, are a lot of plot holes in her, in her book. I mean, I mean it's, it's childhood innocence. It's young adult, and you're not supposed to think that hard about it. You're yeah. supposed to just enjoy being Like, this is really cool. Yeah. And so they actually end up getting captured by Capricorn because he wants him to read Cause he's he says uh, Capricorn says that he's bled the villagers dry, and so he wants him to just literally read treasures out of books, <laughs> and he's like, you know, of course he threatens his daughter and he does it, and so some of the things he ends up reading out are like Cinderella's one of a kind glass slippers, bags of treasure from uh, Ali Baba and the Forty Thieves, and then just a bunch of other things for whatever reason I guess because he's a, a jerk bag. He has him read uh, Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. He has him read the raft out. (sighs) So he just a raft falls in the middle. He's like, oh, okay. Just because he wanted a raft. I guess. I know. But push comes to shove. They manage to get away because they don't want to die. And they don't want to give Capricorn any more power. So, unfortunately, they leave Darius, who is the other Silver Tongue, with him. Do they
0: know he's a silver tongue? Yeah,
1: because he demonstrates the power by creating a bad version of something. He ends up creating a bad version of uh, a Rapunzel. And they end up with Dustfinger's help because Dustfinger helped Capricorn find them because uh, Mortimer said he would not read the book until he understood how it worked and he would be guaranteed to get his wife out. Uh And Dustfinger was like, well, I don't care about that. I want to go back in. He said, no, Dustfinger got mad went to Capricorn and told him where they were, portrayed them because Capricorn said that he would force either Darius or or, uh, Mortimer to read him back into the world he wants to go into. And in order to escape, because he realizes Capricorn lied, Capricorn tells him two things. He's like, I'm the bad guy. I lie, you moron. It is a kind of a little tongue-in-cheek moment there. And Andy Sturkis, is, with his huge smile and very animated face, was just wonderful. Yeah. They use memes from a... I'm going to tell you the story, the book they use, but they use a specific event out of another book to cause a massive distraction yeah. in order to escape. And then the story kind of unfolds where they seek out help from his mother-in-law, who's a wealthy lady in and of herself. It
0: seems like there's a, a lot of movie here a lot of
1: it the movie was uh, an hour and 46 almost two hours yeah. it was I mean it was good everyone does a fine job uh, I'm gonna leave you on the cliffhanger of how they escape mm. cause there's a whole other thing where they realize we don't have another copy of the book because the one we found Capricorn destroyed mm. and his daughter with help of basically being called stupid by Dustfinger like, you're stupid, you're a child, you can't understand what's going on right now. And she's like, well, if anyone in the world would have a copy of the book, why don't we just look up the author? And that brings a whole nother thing crashing down a dust finger about not wanting to meet the man who created him.
0: Mm-hmm. That's cool.
1: And that's a pretty cool thing, and there's a whole separate adventure about that. But I feel... I don't feel like they could have made it into three movies, but I feel if they just... And like I said, it had a good budget. Like, all the CGI looked cool. The Because uh, they did two practical effects, like the Theseus, the Minotaur. They have a Minotaur. It's a dude in a suit, and it doesn't look terrible. Yeah. And they have some CGI flying monkeys from Wizard of Oz. And again, they look a little but they don't look terrible. It is a... I'm not going to say it's a great movie worthy of awards. It's definitely worth being seen and talked about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't have a tagline for it. I couldn't... I, did, I couldn't mm-hmm. find it. Did you say that for the end anyway? Yeah, are you...
0: Are you is that... Is it going to wrap it up? I'm
1: trying to wrap it up, yeah. Because
0: I, I... I couldn't help so much on this movie Exactly. I, I don't remember any of it. Yeah. Well, I'll watch it again sometimes. So. I liked it. You got, the, you got the Blu-ray, don't you?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, before we wrap it up, what's, what's the number one rule?
1: Don't watch a trailer. Don't
0: watch a trailer. Just put the movie in. It's probably streaming somewhere. Just... Look it up. We may have talked about on other episodes. The Just Watch app on your phone. Download that app. Type in the movie. See if it's streaming anywhere. Go watch it right now as soon as you're done listening to this podcast. And tell us if you think it's... Tell me if, if some of the plot holes I said are actually plot holes. Or if it's, I, I didn't watch the movie again. But maybe they're plot holes or maybe they're just things you're not really... Like you said, because it was a young adult novel. Maybe you're you just not supposed to think this hard about it. Think. Don't think past what's right in front of you. Don't think about the you're you nitty, nitty gritty details of what's what don't make sense
1: i mean not everyone when it comes to young adult novels not everyone can write like brandon sanderson um i did actually find a tagline for a movie on the movie poster so if you're ready we can edit a lot of this out if you're ready to end it up
0: yeah so that's the episode as far as i know for today I hope everybody enjoys it and stuff like that and tell us if you've played these games tell us if you think we're wrong about pokemon uh I think it's. I mean, it's so it's the fastest selling Pokemon game. It's maybe one of the highest selling Pokemon hype in
1: anticipation.
0: Hype in anticipation console game. Sales like that don't mean a game is good. Don't let numbers like that fool you. There was some game that uh, I'll tell you, I'm talking about. I'm right there. Final Fantasy 15 is one of the fastest selling Final Fantasy games and one of the most selling Final Fantasy games. And stuff like that is very dangerous for gamers like us because. All publishers and developers and stuff like that see is those numbers. Pokemon Sword and Shield very lazy to me. Final Fantasy 15 I won't ever do an episode on that game on that game because Final Fantasy 15 is not only the worst Final Fantasy game in the series, it's one of the worst video games I've ever played in my life. And it blinds you. It tries to blind you with pretty graphics and stuff like that. And sold the copies it sold based off of hype and stuff like that. And it's there's nothing. Redeemable about that game, so don't think. And uh, I often steer away from this kind of stuff. Don't think because a game sold millions and millions and broke records and stuff like that that a game is good. Pokemon sold Pokemon Sword and Shield sold a lot. Those games, I don't even, I forget to make. Are they even are they, are they good Pokemon games? Is it a, is it a good Pokemon game? that's about fifteen is a Final Fantasy fifteen is a bad Final Fantasy and a bad video game. Pokemon to me, I played Sword. It's a bad video game. It wasn't fun. It was obnoxious. But was it a good Pokemon game?
1: I mean, I think so. I mean, it's
0: just Pokemon. You. Gym Pokemon's Pokemon. Okay. Gym leaders. Maybe a bad comparison. The Final Fantasy's changed a lot throughout the years. The overall
1: story with like the dude trying to like create unlimited power for nowhere. Like it just for his continent because he wanted to. It was an altruistic go to create unlimited energy. Yeah. So that his people would never have to worry about power again. But in order to do so, he had to bring about, or pre-start, like Armageddon. (laughs) Stupid. The darkest day, which was how Dynamaxing and Gigantamaxing came to be, was this creature called Eternius, which is this cool-looking, like, dragon. Probably one of the coolest-looking Pokemon in the game, hands down. But he was going to call him forth and capture him. And then use the power that it generated, which was constant, like Dynamax energy, to power his continent. It was, it was, it was
0: so, a, so, dumb, so dumb.
1: Anyway, that aside, try not to let numbers
0: like that and stuff like that fool you. And that stuff goes, stuff like this sort of applies to movies in a, a, another way, too. And it, same thing with games. If a game sale, if a video, like we, we talk about games nobody's heard of sometimes, and now yeah. we're kind of getting, we talk about some bigger. Because the game has... Nobody played this game don't mean it wasn't good. Yeah. Same thing if everybody watches a movie don't mean it's great. Nobody's seen a movie doesn't mean it wasn't good. The Stuff applies. Nobody watched Inkheart. Nobody nobody saw the movie. It not mean it wasn't good. Everybody... I said before, everybody watched Endgame and I think Endgame was terrible. It was lazy and just a waste of time. Fan so service, that entire was, Yeah, fan service. So just... I don't know, try to think about stuff like that sometimes if you can. But we end up... Playing and watching lots and lots and lots of stuff. Anyway, we don't try to let stuff like that affect us all that much. We just we watch what we want to watch, we play what we want to play, and uh, stuff like that is what ends. And it's kind of stuff like that. That mentality of how we do things is what makes this podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, anything you, you got? Anything on that? No, I mean that got, got real there for a minute. That was a good ending statement that more people should just think about the stuff. You're yeah don't pre like oh it sold a billion copies it should be a good game or oh it only sold like 15 copies it must be a terrible game don't judge it until you've actually experienced it yeah you see, we see so much of uh, I see a lot of that stuff
0: online and crap like that on reddit and stuff like that and even facebook just people just so many it's real bad on facebook so many people just like begging other people to pick the next game from them to play what game should I play next or do you think this is good or blah 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 and it's just like it's turning on yeah I said. the thing, the thing trailers. Like, who... who just turn it on. Mm, trailers. I mean, trailers, that's different from just turning a yeah. game on, to say, but just look, Who gives a crap what the random strangers think? I mean, we're random strangers, too, to y'all people. Some, tell me y'all. Some of y'all. But, uh... Turn it on. These movies we tell you about, don't watch these... Tra- I know so many of you people, first thing you do you hear all these movies, you're gonna go freaking YouTube and YouTube the dang trailer. I guarantee you. Mm-hmm. Ninety-nine percent of any of our listeners—that's what they do. Is the first thing they do is go to YouTube, YouTube the freaking trailer. If they movie. even care enough. To if watch they watch even care to enough. I mean, maybe, yeah, movie. but but I, I guarantee the vast majority. And some some of these movies we've been trying to. I can't remember the whole list so far. We've been trying to do movies that nobody's really heard of. I'm trying. I'm not even on the whole list right now. But anyway, I can if you off. Need to wrap this up. I think that's about all I got. I got I got real 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 serious and hardcore on the end here. Just trying to help some folks out. Yeah. yeah we're mostly happy with a lot of the things we how the way we handle stuff like this the way we watch movies the way we decide what we're going to do next and stuff like that in our and in our entertainment lives yeah you know we're not chasing the we're not we don't chase all the fads and stuff like that and another thing that's what adds we think adds to this podcast this podcast isn't like all the other gaming podcasts which is just chasing chasing the gaming news and Let's talk about Fortnite for two and a half hours. Let's talk about overwatch. Let's talk about Call of Duty again like I'm mean, just not i don't I could not care less about none of that stuff. We play whatever just looks interesting right there and we turn it on no matter how weird how weird a game is or what the game if a game even has a story sometimes and that's how Blake, Blake digs deep into movies and stuff like that too. so that's just how
1: it is. We played a game called Where the Bees Make Honey,
0: yeah. It had nothing to do with bees or honey.
1: Not really. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's, I think that's all I got to say, because I'm, I'm gabbing on now, putting a,
1: yeah. a lot of editing time on myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to end, like I always, if I can, with movies, by ending it with the tagline for the movie, which I found on a uh, movie poster. The tagline for Inkheart, every story ever written is just waiting to become real.